Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Okay, Paperwise, this morning, some great news this morning and uh, a great uh, welcome for those uh, getting married across August if the you know your bookings are still there and you're planning to go ahead from August 5th, 100 uh, weddings. It's a story that makes the um, it's a story that makes the echo today. 100 guests a wedding from August. I see Michael Magner from the Vienna Woods makes the echo this morning on that. He says the next thing we need to do now is to try to restore some bit of normality uh, to live music. He's a rock of sense, time after time after time, uh, Michael Magdalene. They should listen to him more. Um, so we have 100 now at least at weddings, and hopefully a bit of music wouldn't be a bad thing either, in all fairness, as we'd say on Lee's side. So the Love Train is back on track, according to the star today. The Love Train, big hit back in the, I don't know, 60s, early 70s from the OJs. But we have... Um, <laughs> At least something to brag about uh, this morning with the papers talking about Ireland setting to overtake the UK with regards to vaccine rollouts. Um, we hear this morning and they also are talking about uh, walk-in vaccination centres being launched and also the rollout of 12 to 15-year-olds. It'd be interesting to see how many uh, parents decide to opt for the 12 to 15 year old uh, vaccine opportunity for their son or indeed their daughter. But if you if you look at the numbers now with regards to us, uh, we have just under 70 percent. Uh, according to the papers this morning, we're just, you know, we're just about uh, to pass the UK. We're at 66.9 with regards to fully vaccinated people. They got 70.5. So we should overtake them. It's like a Grand Prix race. We should overtake them early next week in the race jab. Um, so that's good news, isn't it? Uh, papers this morning are, are bigging that up. But the Mail this morning says uh, Dr. Tony Hulhan is, is, ta- is talking about um, uh, parents being urged to register their children. He's saying, please uh, get your teens jabbed now. It's a front page, a big, bold, black headline this morning. Uh, but parents must agree, of course, though. It is not something that a uh, you know, 12 to 15-year-old apparently can do of their own volition. Front page, mirror story is a major probe underway. A female member, army girl uh, of the Defence Forces, allegedly raped at one of the qu- at the quarantine hotel. It's believed to have happened, or it's alleged to have happened, this incident on Monday night. And Gardaí are investigating. So army girl rape probe is the front page of this morning's um, Mirror newspaper. We also hear today of issues with regards to children going back to uh, going back to school, and as to whether or not they're going to need extra support. Like the examiner this morning is saying that parents fear that the um, the the toll of the pandemic has had a very detrimental effect on children's mental and emotional state, and they're looking for extra support in that regard. I don't know how that would happen. I mean, if they're talking about counselling or more time spent in the curriculum dealing with their emotions in September. But the pandemic in the UK uh, will be over. Um, by the autumn, according to this morning's uh, mail, they're saying in the UK experts uh, who were talking about uh, one of these was a doom laden expert back in the day. Apparently, Neil Ferguson is saying that they will be well and truly out of it. Uh, with regards to COVID and dealing with it, with vaccinations, etc., uh, by the autumn. So perhaps if we pass them out, we can probably end up saying the very same thing. But a lot of pubs are saying they've been plagued with hoax bookings. And I see the mail this morning talking in particular to Doheny and Nesbitt, uh, who are getting, I think they got something like 60. They may have been talking to Liveline yesterday. They got about 60 fake emails. 
So they're not thinking, and, they, and they're saying that this is a, a raft of fake bookings from anti-vaxxers. Um, and they're thinking now that they, at this stage, will have to take credit card details when booking to weed out the hoaxers. And for those that don't show up then, take money from their accounts. So I don't know if that's happening in Cork. It would be interesting to hear if it's happening in any kind of numbers in Cork. But Mitchellstown is going to have a series of concerts, 18 gigs across the autumn. Well done to independence. You heard in the news there a while ago, talking about Bellix One. You're talking about the Coronas. You're talking about um, a lot of interest on the lease side with the Frank and Walters will pay, play it. So will Stephanie Rainey. So good news in that regard. And if we get the America's Cup, um, I think that'll be a great thing for Cork because uh, New Zealand's had the America's Cup for the last two or three years and they figure that it's worth something like 600 million euro to New Zealand's economy. So perhaps that could happen in Ireland. More to the point, maybe a lot of that could be spent in Cork because Cork Harbour has been proposed as the country's host venue for the America's Cup Sailing Championships. It's a very prestigious event. A prestigious hotel then. I was telling you about this yesterday morning. Castle Martyr makes the papers today, makes the echo. We don't know how much it's sold for, the Castle Martyr Resort. It's changed hands a few times now, hasn't it? Uh, but uh, the castle, sorry, the castle itself, Castle Martyr, the hotel, all of the self-catering cottages, all of the lodges, all of the different properties, uh, don't know about the about the golf course, but certainly all of the all of the above. But it's been bought by Sheen Falls, so the papers talk about that as well. You know, there's been a drop in personal injuries payout. So those that are looking for a personal injury payout um, for injuries, I'm talking about people who legitimately have suffered an injury. They're getting a lot less payout now from the from the courts because of big changes in that regard. I mean, they're saying it's down to 70 million on 2019 and it's fallen 92 million over a two year period. And that's also affected solicitors and barristers because their costs and legal fees have also dropped accordingly. But if you like a bit of nostalgia, I have two or three lovely nostalgia stories for you this morning. One is the 6310, right? Everyone remembers the 6310, um, that loved Nokia, small little mobile phone, one of the originals with a battery life of 21 days. <laughs> they're, they're relaunching it, apparently. Uh, Phil Burke actually has a 6310 that he's using around the building at the moment, and it's a dinger. So if you're interested in picking one up, they'll be on the market soon. Don't know the cost of it, but I do know that the battery will be the same. 21 days. I do know it will have the iconic snake game. It will have a rear camera, an FM radio, and an MP3. So it's moved into the uh, into the modern age in some way, shape, or form. The shape and the color of it's changed as well. You possibly wouldn't even recognize it if you think it's going to look like the original 6310. What does a sheep um, grow up from? A lamb. So it's not a far stretch of the imagination to compare the cost of a lamb that grew into a sheep that was sold yesterday with the cost of a Lamborghini. Thank God I worked that one out. So in Scotland, apparently a sheep has just sold for €245,000. I have no idea. It must be a very particular, special, rare breed of sheep. I'm sure there are farmers out there that can tell me why one sheep would sell for €245,000. The same price as a Lamborghini Huracan Evo which also costs €245,000. Mind you, I think there's probably a bit of a difference in top speed. Like, they tell me the top speed of, say, for instance, the Lamborghini is 201 miles an hour. The top speed of the sheep 
is 20 miles an hour. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco Click and Collect. Freshly picked and brought straight to your car for free. Would you just humour me on one more? There's a lovely one making the mirror today. Um, do you know the way you have a wedding cake? Um, and a bit like the Christmas cake. They last forever because the way they're cooked and the ingredients that are in them. And I suppose maybe the bit of booze also lengthens the shelf life of either the Christmas cake or the wedding cake. But people keep wedding cake for years, don't they? And I think a lot of people back in the day used to keep a piece of the wedding cake. Uh, There's a story in the papers today that a large slice of Charles and Diana's five-tier wedding cake 40 years since they were married. Oh my God, isn't time flying? 40 years ago. So a slice of that is on the market. Don't know how much it'll fetch. They're saying, it, depending on the amount of interest in the slice of cake, but it should open and possibly sell. No, not for 60,000, not for 6,000, but for 600 euro. You kind of would pay that if you had a bit of pocket change and you were a royal watcher, right? This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. Ah, 104 yes. to 106 Red FM. I've been looking forward to this for the past couple of days. Those of you that have been attempting to follow the Olympics, and it's difficult because of the time difference and so many different sporting codes. I find it difficult. If you try and find a sport that you want to watch, it's very, very hard. So you have to earn the the lap of the gods, if you like, the the sporting gods. But uh, Mark Willington has been following the Olympics from the off, joins me in the studio, just to talk us through, like, a busman's holiday for you, because I know you love this. But for those of us that aren't really up to speed, what I do know is we got a bronze. Absolutely we did. And if... For those of you that weren't up at 1.50 in the morning, which is when that took place, um, this is the moment that uh, they won bronze in the four... Uh, hang on a minute, let me just get my uh, notes This is Africa, Emer Lamb, Fiona Murta and Emily Hegarty. There's That's Cork it. involvement in that, because Emily's from Skib, isn't she? She is, Emily Hegarty is, is from Skib, and you'll hear her in, in the end of this clip. So, as I say, if you hadn't uh, been up at 1.50 this morning, this is the moment that they crossed the line. OK, bronze in the rowing, have a listen. Never before has the Irish women won a women's gold medal bronze medal, a silver medal, a gold medal, any medal at all, but Australia win it, Netherlands second, and Ireland are home for third and a bronze, and history is made as the Irish women's four take the bronze medal at the Olympic Games. We had a bit of a bat- rocky start there, so we definitely didn't make it easy for ourselves, but yeah, yeah. we just didn't give up really, like, yeah, yeah we, we knew we, like, we could win a medal, it was just about whether we'd pull it off, and we knew every crew in the boat was also capable of winning a medal. Yeah. And it was just about who got down the course, like, as well as they could in these conditions. Um, yeah, it was a bit touch and go. Like, <laughs> Emer, what does it feel like to be the first Irish women to win an Olympic rowing medal? It's a bit surreal, to be honest. I'm Emily, by the way. <laughs> it's a bit surreal. But, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's something for the future, definitely. And hopefully this will be the first of many. And hopefully it gives, you know, the young girls coming up now real hope and, like, it's completely possible. Like, if yeah. we can do it, anyone can. Well done to each and every one of them, but particularly Emily uh, from from Skibbereen. How are the like? There's one O'Donovan, is it? Or there's two of them in the Olympics? So what's there's going? Two, like, there's Gary and Paul. Yeah. Now Gary was the is the reserve for, on on uh, for, for Tokyo 2020. Will the two O'Donovan brothers row it all together? I don't know if they yeah. row uh, now. Obviously they obviously they used to. So I assume that um, they don't row together as much as they used to because Paul O'Donovan is now rowing with uh, Fintan McCarthy, uh, both from Skib, obviously, and they got through to the final in the lightweight men's double skulls. Just in case you're not familiar with rowing, and, and you see all these terms like skulls and singles. What does it mean? Skulls is when um, each person in, in the boat has an oar. 
So there's four oars, obviously, for two people. Yeah. Um, if it's a, a single, that means that they've just got the one oar, that giant oar that they're, they're rowing. But there's usually more in the boat for that, isn't there? Exactly. You'd get that with you four. You could have up to more. eight of them. You could. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So this is the lightweight men's double skulls, and, and as I say, the guys got through to the final, which will be taking place uh, tonight at 1.45 a.m. <laughs> if you want to set your <laughs> Here alarm. Here we go again. <laughs> That's the thing. The time difference is such a pain, isn't it? Which, at least in three years' time at Paris... There'll be no issues. We None can all watch it nonsense. in prime time. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, obviously, the heat has been a, a, a big issue over in Tokyo, and, and, and the humidity. Um, and when the guys won there, uh, obviously, Paul's no stranger to giving a good interview. And when the guys gave an interview earlier in the week, he spoke at some rather unorthodox training methods that they were using to get them through the Japanese heat. This is Paula Donovan, right? Yeah, it's quite warm. Um, but I think, as Paul was saying, you know, we've done a lot of prep. We d- did some some cycling in our bathroom in Italy, and we've we're on a camp in Banyoles in Spain before, where it's quite warm. So, yeah, we're I think we're well well prepared. Cycling in the bathroom, that's a new one yeah. for a lot of people. How <laughs> will the heat or in the shower turned on for the oh, humidity good. and this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just in the bathroom <laughs> for some reason. Like. <laughs> He's a gas man. It makes perfect sense with, it? with the, the hot shower turned on. But it shows the dedication that they have, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely, and also the the ingenuity of thinking of how you could make a sort of your own little sauna to train in. Fantastic stuff! And of course, as I say, they're 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 racing again tonight, so that should so be exciting. Emily Hagerty from Skib got a bronze, and another Skib girl, Aoife Casey is one of the athletes who will be... Uh, oh, sorry, this is still this is still in rowing. We have a lot of rowers. I think we've done like 12 rowers. Row, yeah, rowing's the, the, the big event. I mean, if you're going to watch anything from the Olympics, rowing's the one that, that we're really going to excel in, and that's where you would expect a lot of the medals. Boxing, obviously, but rowing's the, what, the up-and-coming sport. So this is another one, as you refer to, as double skulls. Uh, yeah. Two Cork girls, Aoife Casey from Skib, Margaret Kremen from Rochestown. That's right, yep. So they were, they were on the water last night in their semi-final. Now, unfortunately, they finished fifth. Um, still a great effort by the girls and, and they will go through to tomorrow's B final so that's the final that decides his place, places 6 to 12 but tell me a little bit about Meg Ryan then the gymnast another Cork girl yeah so Meg Ryan I mean, from this Douglas is, this is, she's from Douglas it's one of the girls is, from Eglantine's primary school that's it and she's, she's for me she's one of the real stories of the Olympics she, she's, she's 19 years old she did a leaving cert this year she's now in Tokyo competing in the Olympics um, she, I mean she did an absolutely fantastic job and uh, I've got audio there of her um, she she's, unfortunately didn't make it through the, the, the no, first day no but for day, the but next ones and for the Europeans that's exactly it that she's what what you would term, I suppose, a prospect for the future, and surely Paris twenty twenty four is going to be her time. And it, and it's so great to hear her just be so excited to be soaking up that Olympic atmosphere, to be competing amongst Olympians and being an Olympian yourself. It was an amazing experience. I think just even looking around and seeing the Olympic rings everywhere, all over the stadium, was just amazing to be competing here. And then even just seeing all the different gymnasts from all the different countries and knowing like they're the best in the world, it was just amazing to be able to compete here against all of them. And my main goal is to just try and enjoy it as best as possible. And I think I did that. I was in leaving cert this year, so um, that was that was a difficult year. And obviously coming into it, I knew. Um, that it was an Olympic year and obviously the Olympics had been delayed so I knew I'd be doing my leaving cert as well so I'll learn from, from the mistakes and um, I'm happy with, with how everything went. Have you a message for all the people back home in Douglas and your family and friends that are, are tuned in, Meg? Just thanks thanks so much. I know they've all sent me so many nice messages and 
they're all like proud of me regardless so um, I suppose just thanks for, for all the support and all they've done for me and you know the role they've played in getting me here as well and none of those girls have any problem doing press no. they're very capable aren't they they're, stra- uh, they're either straight out the pool straight out the boat straight off the, the, the equipment and they're, they're talking to the, the, the press there no they're fantastic let's stay with Cork because with regards to rowing we're right up there um, best in the country Sunita Puspor out of Balancolic I believe she's from Balancolic yeah so she is competing tonight also so 2.30am so this is a little later uh, in the in the morning uh, in the women's single skull so she's on her own in the boats um, going for it tonight she has uh, two oars she has two yes <laughs> <laughs> or she'd be going round in circles. <laughs> <laughs> but no, don't, don't get me started now because I just. <laughs> what's what's going on with Piers Morgan, please? Well, I mean, Piers Morgan um, always one to to I don't know draw attention to himself in some way, and he's been on Twitter over the last few days. Uh, basically suggesting that silver and bronze medals are not worthy of celebration. So it's kind of kicked off a little bit on Twitter. So what Gary did he say? In the so he said that he doesn't think silver and bronze medals are shameful, but no real champion would ever feel comfortable having one in their trophy cabinet. Um, obviously, lots of people have waded in, Gary Lineker being being one of them, who Gary rightly said to be in the top three in the entire world of your sport is an outstanding achievement. Um Piers hit back and said, real sporting champions don't celebrate third. Do they uh, get on, the two of them? Uh, I, I, I would... I don't know for sure, but from this, I'd hazard a guess at no. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. There's no history there, as far as I'm so aware. So after after Piers Morgan said, "Real sporting champions don't celebrate coming third, Did um, Gary Lineker come back again? So he said, I, uh, "I suspect if you'd ever won a medal of any description in any sport, you might feel differently." And Did that said, put him in his box? Well, no. He said that uh, Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps. Um, True sporting you never hear achievement. that from them. True sporting achievement is about winning, not losing. To which Gary said, "True sporting greats like them would have the good grace to recognise the efforts <gasps> of others and not disrespect them." Which is oh. a very fair point. Gary Lineker's on fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least I suppose Piers Morgan isn't having to go at the Royals. <laughs> no, absolutely change. no. Although so, not actual, not the Royals actually. When I say the Royals, no, I mean, you, it's Megan yeah, and Harry. Megan and Harry, yeah. <laughs> particular, yeah. Um, uh, some athletes also waded in on the, the, the Twitter row. Um, a Canadian athlete who was a bronze winning medal, she tweeted, I feel pretty comfortable with my bronze medal, thanks very much. Winning means different things to different people. Piers hit back with, winning means coming first, not third. Get out of your comfort zone, Megan. And then British heptathlete Kelly Southerton, also a bronze winning uh, medalist at the Olympics, uh, tweeted, um, uh, suggesting that maybe Piers wasn't fully behind Team GB, uh, to which Piers replied, Sorry, Kelly, I know you're a serial bronzer, but I only celebrate <laughs> the gold God, oh, why does he do that? I mean, does he enjoy that making enemies with he people? Must I mean, obviously, he's not on TV or the radio at the moment, so this is his, this is kind of his platform. So you're I think this is where he's really, he's really hitting out. I, th- I mean, he does, he does crave the attention, Piers, doesn't it? So I'm probably not, you know, I'm probably doing him some favours by talking about him, but yeah. you, how can you not when he's yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. divisive like that? Yeah. Do you, do you think, um, actually, he also said mental health issues now, the go-to excuse for poor performance in elite sport. It, what's he referencing there? That was, um, yeah, that's Simone Biles, Simone Biles. Who pulled out of the gymnastics yesterday, um, citing that her head wasn't in the right the right space with the event. Why does she out. say she's fighting demons? What, what, what is it about? Do you know? I don't know the, the ins and outs of, of, of what she's going through, but, but certainly it was enough for her to to pull out of the event. She had She was competing earlier in the was morning. Was she doing badly? 
Uh, the only event I saw her in. Now I'm not. A, I'm not big on the gymnastics. Which you might, might better tell from the from the language I'm about to use. But she was jumping over the little horse thingy, and she didn't land it quite right. I did see that bit, <laughs> and that's why Pierce Morgan said, "Just admit you did badly, made mistakes, and was strive to do better next time." That's what he said. Yeah. So Pierce, no stranger to controversy. He's, he must be up all night watching all this stuff. I know the Big Red Bench has an Olympic special podcast, and they're featuring Olympians past and present: Sonia Sullivan, Aoife Cook, Claire Lamb, Phil Healy, Kenny Egan, Meg Ryan. Jesse Barr, Rob Heffernan, Gary O'Donovan, Oliver Dingley, Emily Hegarty, and Jack Woolley. It's available on the Big Red Bench podcast on redfm.ie. Uh, if you like your uh, sport and you like your Olympics, and well done to Rory and the gang for that. Um, but the uh, athletics are just around the corner. Oh, when's Friday, that happening? Friday, the athletics all get underway, which is what a lot of people sort of say that's the Olympics proper, the, when the athletics no gets underway. No disrespect to all no, exactly, of the rest. No disrespect at all. Um, athletics, athletics, something that I um, uh, thoroughly enjoy. Obviously, we already had the opening ceremony in the Olympic Stadium uh, last Friday. What do you make of that, actually, with regards to atmosphere and lack of it and that? Do you know, uh, it, it's a difficult one, and I've been worrying about it ever since. Um, I, I worked on the Olympics in London 2012. I worked I'll be at, at the, um, the athletics at the Olympic Stadium I was doing stadium sound so I saw every single Olympic and Paralympic session and for me the the atmosphere that the crowd created is almost my entire memory of the Olympics obviously the, the, the medals were brilliant but it's the crowd that really make it so I was really concerned and the Olympic ceremony for me was just a, you know it, it didn't quite have the same thing and, and the thing that really stands out when I see a Japanese athlete doing really well at the moment and you just think, oh, I wish the crowd were there because they'd be going bonkers at the moment. Yeah, I, n- I don't know about that. Where, where you saw Osaka crash out and you also saw Ash Barty crash out. But Osaka was the poster girl. I think it was best that there wasn't any supporters there for that. True. I mean, she, she obviously lit the Olympic torch on um, the Olympic flame on, on Friday. And she just got spanked off the court. Two straight sets. So have we got uh, a lot of athletic interest? Uh, we have indeed. Uh, do you know what? Now I might have to come back to that because I don't think I bought. Oh, no, I did bring it in with me. Yeah, so like, I've got so much Phil paper in front of Bandon, me. I've no idea where I am. Yeah. So Phil Phil Healy from Bandon. She'll be competing in the women's two hundred meters and four hundred meters, uh, and also the Irish mixed four by four one hundred uh, relay as well. Uh, Louise Shanahan, uh, who trains at uh, Leval AC Athletics Club, uh, she's from Douglas, and she's in the women's eight hundred meters. That's on uh, the thirtieth, which is Friday. Yeah. Um, uh, Michelle Finn from uh, Castle Magna. Uh, she's in the 3,000 metre steeplechase. That's on the first. Uh, Alex Wright from uh, Mallow, t- uh, 20 kilometres men's uh, race on the sixth. And then Aoife Cook from, from Ballincollig in the, is in the win- women's marathon Saturday the seventh. That should be great. I think Leeville must be very, very proud. They have uh, three different runners from Leeville Athletic. No disrespect to Bandon and Ballincollig. They're in there as well. But, I mean, are you, are you up to date on who, who the big ticket event uh, runners will be at the athletics and the men's and the women's. So you're not talking about a Usain Bolt like. No, I mean to be fair, no, I haven't really. The Olympics, there's so much going on, and of course, I'm trying to follow um, Team Ireland and Team GB at the moment. And you so, guys have got a haul of goals, haven't you? Yes, yes, five, five is it? Five so far, and a, and a great. Um, Who's uh, got the most? Is it like the Chinese, the Russians? I wonder. Well, the I Americans got the middle table in front of me. Don't worry I about think that. It is the, the Chinese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I think. I think. GB are down in fifth or sixth place at the moment, or, so, or around that time. Although it is their best ever start to an Olympic Games. Um, after four days, they I think it was thirteen medals, which is double what they had at the uh, the last two after the, after the same same amount of time. So uh, they're, they're, they're doing good, but um, but for me at the moment, because of where I am living, it's. Um, 
Ireland we when I'm when I'm talking at home it's we're in the rowing tonight <laughs> I understand that I understand that you're doing a, a good job at having uh, one foot in each camp that's it yeah exactly okay so up to date I think then and uh, bring on day five today right I'm looking forward to it and yeah, the athletics on Friday cheers gold Mark. medal tonight gold medal for, for, uh, for the rowers surely <laughs> come on cheers my man as always okay and uh, I know Mark will be jumping back in again over the coming days because a lot more activity uh, both on the water uh, and indeed on the track and lots more besides uh, text 0868104106 pick up the phone on 1850104106 text the Neil Prenderville show now 0868104106 red FM got one of those free unpost cards in the post yesterday and uh, it was put to good use Neil uh, to red FM Cork uh, it just says a big shout out Neil to Cork City Council for the footpath repair in Turners Cross last week Job well done. Regards, COD. And that's it. Isn't that just lovely? Just to pass that on. Obviously, the uh, footpath was need a repair, and they did it. And at least one person, and probably lots more, are very happy with that. Another thing is happening on Friday, besides talking about the athletics kicking off, and that is the Carrigaline Outdoor Market. Just very briefly, because I love to big up events like this, and hopefully it will be an ongoing event. Starts Friday from July 30th from 10 in the morning, and every Friday thereafter. But what interested me was... Uh, Paul sent me a list of everybody that would be selling. The Good Dairy Company, personalised by Karen. Brazilian Food by Mr. Coxiana. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Brazilian Food, that would be nice. Uh, hot to go. Trisha's Homemade Crafts. Craft Aroma. Jill's Cakes. Carrigaline Nutrition Club. Burritos and Blues. Cork Sultan Delights. Papa Samumi. A good friend of mine, actually. Papa Samumi with the Woodfire Pizza. Bad Boy Barbecue. The Little Chick Pea Company. Full of Beans Coffee, Hoban's Trees, Cottage Garden Conceal, Toomey's Farm, Gigi's Ice Creams, European Sweetness, Cashmere Crafts, Basica Leaf. Hope I'm getting that one right. Full of Candy and the Popsicle Company. Uh, hoping that people from near and far will come and support the market in Carrigaline. So happy to do that. When you go out with your money in your pocket to support Cork businesses, um, it must be very disheartening and upsetting when you're dealt with in a very rude manner. That happened uh, earlier this week uh, to a young girl who was hooking up with friends or at least was trying to hook up with friends in Deep South. Now we asked Deep South for a response to this and in spite of numerous attempts to contact them, uh, nobody's come back to us. But it was Tracy's daughter daughter Sarah. Tracy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, Tracy's just too shy. Is she just too shy to share? Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. She's she's actually, yeah, she's actually at work now at the moment as well, but she's just, she's a shy girl. So ah, but she, she told was. you the story and you're as annoyed as her about it. Oh, I'm very annoyed, Neil. It was, um, it was very, very, wasn't very nice. Okay. Was the, staff, the staff in particular, the person in particular was very, very rude. Okay, so um, it, she, she, uh, she was going to meet friends. Just talk us through the story. Yeah, they made arrangements. They hadn't seen one another for a long time over this lockdown and whatever. They're four schools. They're friends since they were in school. Um, so they had a chance to meet up. Um, their names uh, Sarah, my daughter, Chloe, Tegan and um, Craig. And they they made arrangements to go into town to meet. So while she was on her way in, Tegan rang her and said, Sarah, we are in deep south. We have a table. It's table number 63. Saturday it's evening, exactly. wasn't it? Saturday evening, yeah. yeah. Just um, give the the people at the door the table number, and that's where we're sitting. So her Chloe was with Sarah, and they headed in them, and that was grand. They they queued up. There was a queue there. They were both fourth in the queue. She said, and um, there was a member of staff, a, a bouncer, on the door, and 
he was coming out and bringing people in and she stepped out of the queue. The people behind them, people from further down the line were being brought in and she stepped Why out was that happening? Why was, That sounds like a bit of queue jumping. Why was that going on? I have no idea. It's the staff member now would have to answer that. <laughs> I really have no so idea. So when she saw people behind her in the queue being called exactly. out and brought in, she said, well, it's worth the chance here telling your man that my table is already in there with my mate. Exactly, and that's exactly what she done. She stepped out of the queue and she said, um, excuse me, um, my friends are in there. Our table is number 63. Is it okay if we go in? And she said just, he was like a split personality. He just turned and he said, who do you think you are? Pointing his finger at her. She's a 23-year-old girl. Uh, pointing his finger at her. Um, who do you think you are speaking to me like that? So Sarah said, I'm not speaking to you in any way nasty. I just let you know that our friends are already in there at table number 63 waiting for us to join them. And he got irate and he muttered something under his breath and he walked away. So he kept back and he well, said, it says, says here, it says here that, um, that why should I leave? Why should I leave you in? And uh, exactly. in actual fact, your friends inside would be thrown out too. Yeah, he told her to get back to the back of queue. And when she said, no, our friends are inside. And he said, uh, she, Sarah, said to him, um, could you just leave our friends know that you are not leaving us in? So he said, no, I won't. F off. And your friends that are inside will be joining you soon. Who do you think you are speaking to me like that? Now, whether he was on a power trip, I don't know. But we, since Sarah posted on their page the reviews and shared the experience and the amount of messages that we have, that Sarah has gotten, she showed me herself, I read them, um, are unbelievable and it all seems to be the same member. Right, okay. They, so they so because she asked if she because she asked if she could go in for the reasons yeah. you just described, he wanted to penalise her by putting her to the back of the queue, the end of the queue. Yes. To lose yes. her place and in the queue where she was. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And what was going um, on inside? Was her buddy aware of all of this? Um, Chloe actually rang Tegan while this was going on and Tegan said it to a member of security staff inside and he came, he said, I sort it and he came outside but the the, the outside security staff was so erased. He was put inside and another member was put out. They actually removed him from the situation. Right. And what happened then? Uh, they left. They just left. She was, Sarah was close to tears. Uh, that's, the, that's just the kind of person she is. And she was very embarrassed because the queue was getting longer and longer. So everybody could see him shouting at her and pointing at so her. So why didn't the bouncer left. who swapped places with the angry bouncer, why didn't he just let her in? I her don't friends? know. All they were told is that this person in particular was head of security. <laughs> I mean, on the basis yeah. of what you're telling me, um, yeah. he hasn't got the best attitude in the world when it comes no. to customers no. with money in their pocket. No, no. And, and had they been to... somewhere else? Like, were they maybe... No, were they, had no, they a few drinks on board? No, they were at home. Chloe came here um, to meet Sarah and um, my son-in-law dropped them in. So, that was it. He did, they got a spin in from here. Chloe came here, met Sarah. They left. You know, girls getting ready now. And they left and they went straight in because Tegan rang. So they were fast to get in the lifting because we're only off Blarney Street. They yeah. were there in five minutes. 
and that was it. Did they actually just go home or not go somewhere else? No, no, they actually they actually went. Um, where did she said that they went to some garden, that rooftop garden, anyways, where they went in the end, and um, Tegan and Craig actually left their drinks inside and came out. And yeah. Came out, yeah, yeah. So they probably went to a Secret Garden, I'd say, is it? I'd say somewhere like that. I'd say so. I'd say so. I'm not 100% sure where they went now because she was only telling me this Sunday morning. I'm just very curious because yeah. queue jumping wrecks my head. I, I absolutely detest yeah. people who jump queues and knowingly are jumping queues, right? But And you described that, that people were coming from behind them in the queue and up to the... They were being particularly picked out. Gina says by text here, I don't know if there's any truth, and she says the reason a lot of people skip the queue or walk past the queue is because they think they are Instagram famous. Anyone with the following thinks they can just rock up and walk in. It's pathetic. And apparently the bars are worse for entertaining them. Do they think that if they let the influencers in, they'll get more photographs and posts on the Instagrammers page, probably? Maybe maybe it is led by social media because we got one message in particular from um, a girl. She went in with a group of friends like that two weekends ago. And they were all going in together and she was stopped and she asked, why can't I go with my friends? And she was told to look at yourself in the mirror. Did that really happen? Look at yourself in the mirror. That really happened. Yeah. Yeah. I did see, I did see an article yesterday somewhere. This is slightly off topic, but I understand what you're saying. Where a girl who posted a photograph of herself, I'm not going to comment on her looks now. I'm not going to say Mm -hmm. anything about that, but she said that, um, she was on a first date, right? And she was all dressed up and everything. And you can see the photograph of her dressed up and everything. Um, pleasant girl, nothing nothing wrong with her, but she was standing Mm -hmm. waiting for the date to pick her up and he drove along in his car took one look at her and sped off. If it happens, social media has a lot to blame for, for stuff. I do, have to say that. Do, do people but get refused to, entry because they're not good looking enough or dressed well so. enough? I do think so, Neil. I do think so. But I have to say it's not because I'm her mother now. I actually sent Brenda a photograph of my daughter and she is absolutely stunning. She, like, she is beautiful. I don't yeah, doubt it. She's so, she's so she's absolutely stunning people. She's a head turner. You could even, even if we all went, I have two beautiful daughters and a handsome son. And I'd be out and about with them and you could actually see people. They turn heads. They turn heads. They do. They're beautiful. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just because it's such a very, very popular and busy venue that they have a lot maybe. to deal with. But, you know, you don't point fingers at people, particularly young no. girls. You don't, no, you don't tell them to F-U-C-K off and you don't shout yeah. at them. No, and Sarah worked in hospitality herself. She's um, she's actually a UCC graduate. She's in arts and history. She worked in hospitality in Roosters, Piri Piri, for two years. She was actually a supervisor there between Douglas and um, Blackpool. So she knows how to deal with the public and she knows how to treat the public. And she Un- knows it was wrong. Unfortunately, herself. over the years, uh, we don't have the best image in the country for our door staff. You know, no, I don't mean don't, to generalise against all of them, but I could fill a week of reading out yeah. texts and emails from yeah. people who have had issues with cork bouncers down through the years. And they say that some of them can be on a bit of a power trip, you know? I think so. This person, anyway, definitely was on a power trip. But, like, it, but it, was the way, it was the way he was removed from the situation and brought indoors. They must know his attitude. You know, they must have seen him getting irate, the other staff, the other members of staff, and brought him indoors, away from the situation, and he, and he was hidden. 
Which yeah. is not right either. I know. It's not right. I know. It's, it's, a pop- right. it's a popular venue, but, uh, you know, who'd want to go in there if you're going to be treated like that before you get on the door at all? Exactly. I mean, we did We did ask uh, Deep South to at least come back and acknowledge that, you know, they were aware of this issue and um, yeah. give them an opportunity, but they... they they just didn't, but it's it's not actually the first time that I've had issues with the likes no. of, of Deep South. There were, there was another few as well. Um, Pat actually has pa- Pat actually wants to roll in on this for a second. Hold on there, uh, Pat. Morning, Neil. What happened? Uh, myself and my partner, we were, we got out of a taxi on the Grand Parade facing Deep South. You know the taxi rank there? I do. By the monument on the yeah. Grand Parade? Yeah. Bounce of sauce. It was a Saturday evening. This is pre-lockdown now. Sauce getting out of the taxi, walking up to the door in a straight coherent line because we had the drink taken between us. And he said, no, you're after too much. And we went at half past five, quarter to six on a Saturday evening. I doubt it. No, no, you're after too much. But had you actually come from somewhere where you were drinking? No, we came from home. Gotcha. And you weren't drinking at home? It wasn't a kind of a speed no, wobble crossing nothing. the road? No, like, nothing. you know. We, we don't drink at home. <laughs> so you were sober? You know, well, completely. And we said, we'll call you. We said, look, there's Gardaí passing, ask him to breathalyze us. And your man said, no, 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 you're bad. Get away from the door, get away from the door. Trying to, you know, trying to, he actually was trying to cause a scene to embarrass us to get us away from the door. Was it busy? No. So didn't people, people didn't see this? No, a couple of passes by that were shopping, going home from shopping site, and they were kind of looking and kind of saying, like, you know, we actually got embarrassed because of the way he was making a scene. Yeah, that's and what I was wondering. Were you embarrassed in public like that? I mean, um, yeah. is, it, is it only beautiful people they want? I mean, I'm not suggesting that you're not beautiful, but you know what I mean. Um, on uh, what basis maybe, do they make these so. calls? But looking, but looking behind them that Saturday, there wasn't a sinner in the bar. It would have been in the bar's interest to be making money to leave us in to buy a drink. But he was more interested in the power trip and being the big man on the door. And did you say, let's... Call the guards and get breathalyzed. I sir. said, I said, we're after no drink. I said, you're, you're taking our character by saying we're drunk. I said, I'd like to call the guard to breathalyze us to prove that we've had no drink. I said, I still won't be coming into your establishment. I said, fair play. I said, you, you said no. I said, but I want my character back to think, uh, get the fuck away from the door. Excuse my language. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Think, and effing and blind and out of shouting and roaring at us. And people start to look. And in the end, I said, come on, we walk away. Because security staff are much more trained now than they were, say, 20 years ago and um, you know most security staff they have to be licensed now and everything don't they, they yeah they, these these guys on deep south are dressed like as if they're part of some sort of um, SAS no I like that I, I like the gear actually I think they look well they uh, present uh, well no it, it, it doesn't it actually makes them look like they're some sort of militia no I don't agree with that I think years ago years ago I think door staff used to dress as if they were in the mafia <laughs> Uh, I would at least if you're trying to attract people in for a respectable place and thing you, you, you get the door staff to dress respectable I can understand the monkey suits me years ago it was a different time and what have you but with, yeah. with bomber jackets snoods up around their necks baseball hats on Doc Martin boots up over cargo pants it, it's not a good look I like it I mean, I just I, think I, I think I don't it, I, don't. I you're, think you're, it's you're a reassuring look they're fit they're toned they're well presented. No, it, it actually, yeah, I, I'm and they're ready to, to break up a fight if one breaks up. I remember, yeah, but it's also it's also attracting a fight from the guy from the younger crowd that the, that would like a fight. Maybe so. You do know that once a doorman or woman, for that matter, says no, you are never going to get in, regardless yeah, of well. ever. You know, you can be yeah. there for an hour, pleading, begging, arguing. You just when I it's a no, it's a no. 
no, I, I understand that. And at the same token, I wasn't going in once he said no, but I wasn't. I didn't want him to take my car. So I was saying I was drunk when I wasn't. Yeah, I know, I know. Will, will like me who drinks about four times a year, for him to say, say I was drunk, I actually took that as a personal slight. Will Sarah now be um, a little bit more uh, reticent or worried going out socialising again, do you think? Um, I'd say she will. I'd say she will. No, there would be no way she'd ever put her foot near uh, deep south again. No, no way. I wouldn't have thought so. No, no, no way. No. And her friends will be the same over the way they were treated. No. You want to be. No. You want to feel welcome, don't you? You yeah. do. You want to feel welcome. You especially Neil that the table was already there for them. They okay. wasn't queue jumping or anything. Their table was there, ready. Gotcha. And Pat, where did you, you know, go after that incident at Deep South? Did you go anywhere else? Yeah, I went down to Soho who were more than happy, which is 100 yards down the street, were more than happy to bring us in, sit us at a table, hand us a menu if we wanted food, and served us drink, and the bar staff were chatting away to us. Completely different atmosphere. Shiny McCarthy runs a proper thing. The more people that know about Deep South, and the more people that avoid it, they eventually will be hitting the pocket, and they will... No, I don't. Want, I don't want anybody to be avoiding a business. I'm not. This isn't the reason I'm having they're, these conversations. They're avoiding, they're avoiding giving you an answer. Well, you know, I understand that, but at the same time, I would like to see them maybe rectify their door staff issues if they have, uh, you know, an opportunity to do that. If people stop going there, they will rectify the door staff. Well, conversations like this, maybe uh, they might just decide to sit down and have another look at it and rethink the way they deal with the public because this isn't on. You know, I mean, pointing a finger into the face of a young girl, shouting at her, telling her to f off, go to the back of the queue. You know, the amount of effort people go into going out, uh, it's a terrible It's a terrible start and end to their night. Shocking, and that's why I texted in, because hearing hearing Sarah's story just brought back all the memories of your man shouting and roaring at us at the door. Must be the same guy, I'd say. Okay, but I, it would sound to me... Yeah, it sounds to me um, that maybe Sarah should be visiting um, Soho. Just like yeah, that. Yeah, I say so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She definitely won't be going into Deep South again anyway. And as I said, her friends will be will be doing the same. They won't they won't go in there. All right, okay. She Thanks. Was very, very embarrassed in front of the whole and the queue was getting bigger. As you you know, we're in COVID times, there's not many people left in. Um the amount of people that they can have inside is smaller and all this, so the queue was getting bigger and bigger. And if these poor people wanted to wait to to go in to face I, I, I would know what to call him, um, you know, well and good, but not my daughter again. No. Okay, all right. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks, Pat. Uh, you learn something new every day. Instagrammers can jump queues and are brought in faster, influencers, etc., etc. Uh, maybe that's the way it's always been with uh, people who maybe would be regarded as as VIPs jumping queues just because they get more likes and photographs on the influencers page. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Interesting text there saying many Cork pubs and clubs, Deep South included, don't want ugly people or old people inside the door. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I got stopped going into a club. They told me I was too drunk. I was six months pregnant at the time, says Liz, and clearly not drinking. Six months pregnant and going into a gig one night, I was told after, I was also told that I had too much drink, uh, says Donna. Tracy says, I've never had a bad experience, which I'm surprised uh, with my London accent. Uh, says Tracy, you think they might refuse you because you had a Cockney accent? My son is door staff. He's a big softy and he hates older women as he says they touch him up all the time when they're drunk. Says <laughs> Tina. Poor fella. I got into a club when I was 16. Then when I was 21 with an ID and all and, and the, all they and they wouldn't let me in. Told me I was too drunk, says April. Don't understand why people don't just pick at a bar. It will hit them in the pocket the way guards will come 
out and breathalyze you as if you're suspected of drunk driving. Um, can't understand why people still support bars like that behavior. Bouncers uh, in places like that have been at that for years, uh, particularly when it's busy, extremely busy. That's because everywhere else is busy, but... If town is somewhat quiet, they might as well close their doors. Okay, I'll, I'll leave those texts and we can have a, a look at those just after 10 this morning. Can I just say also thank you to Vicky Cronin. Thank you so much. She sent me a photograph of herself um, with the monkeys on Patrick Street in the 1980s. This is a photograph of me circa 1982. I clearly remember there was one, one of them wore a red flamingo satin dress. The monkey now, not Vicky. When you think of it, uh, they just threw these animals into buggies and prams. Um, God knows what diseases they could have been carrying at the time. <laughs> so now, now people would freak out. But back then it was a different world. It certainly was. Um, lovely photograph, lovely pigtails. And you don't seem to be at all uh, shy or frightened of the little monkey. And you still have the photograph to prove it. Hi, it's Connor. Join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red, bringing you the biggest, the best, and newest names in Irish music. You're listening to the Emerald Award-winning Music Station of the Year, Cork's Red FM. Okay, let me do some uh, emails and and texts, if you don't mind. Eamon uh, wants to know if uh, people could confirm that kids would be allowed to return to primary and secondary school as normal if they choose not to get the vaccine. After getting the Pfizer myself and being the sickest I've ever been in 41 years, I cannot in good conscience subject my kids to such a horrible reaction or possibly worse. I'd like an answer to this as soon as possible, as if they will be prevented from returning to school for the so-called greater good. I'll have to look into organizing some form of homeschooling or online classes until this issue is resolved. Well, at this point in time, my up-to-date knowledge on this, my own knowledge on it, is that they would be allowed back to school without a vaccine. I mean, you know, if would that change? I, I, I would doubt it, really. I don't think. I mean, I think there would be uproar. It would be like saying to somebody that you can't go back to work, public sector or private sector, into the office unless you're you're vaccinated. So my answer to that, and I'm open to correction on it, is that uh, you know, that won't be an issue. They will go back to school, primary or secondary, vaccinated or unvaccinated. Can someone explain the logic as to why I need it? Um, after they digest the facts and the background. I was born in 1981, meaning I went through the Irish State's National Vaccination Programme through a combination of local GP and primary school. Myself and all my friends went through this and our parents had no issue. And what helped their stance was there was no adverse effects from any of the vaccines that could be seen. Close to 20 years ago, I went on a trip to the Far East with my close friends. Before going, we were advised by our doctors to take some vaccines to counter the threat of tropical diseases that we would not have been exposed to previously and wouldn't want to be exposed to. We had no issue. We duly obliged. My point with this is, I am pro-science to the point I understand and agree with the concept of vaccines. Where I struggle to make sense is the push from the government and globally that I need to get the COVID vaccine so I can enjoy the freedoms I enjoyed pre-COVID. This is a preposterous idea because I've looked at the data and concluded this virus is not a risk to me. Uh, Looking at the same data, I concluded it may possibly be a risk to my elderly family. This is why I didn't take the chance to meet them until they were fully vaccinated. Now that they are, we meet and talk all of the time, confident that the risk that I can mitigate has been mitigated. I wonder if you now see why people do not want to be vaccinated, because the science indicates there's no risk to them or their family, because the vulnerable have been protected. If you do see the logic, then the question is, what is the government's logic in regards to passports for indoor anything? 
because the two stances are not compatible. In fact, the government stance is to use the latest buzzword that we are anti-science, which I am not, says Ken. Thank you for that. It's um, a lot of food for thought on that one. Um, And then I know we heard... Uh, some callers on the air yesterday were having issues trying to get information of loved ones inside in the hospital. Uh, and when one eventually did manage to get through, the staff member that answered the phone said, we are understaffed. Um, and again, this is not an issue with regards to the staff. No criticism of them per se. I was in the CUH A&E on Sunday night with my little daughter. She's 16 months old. She had a fall, slit her gum, tooth falling out. Got there at 10 o'clock. At the start when I arrived, it was lovely. Not many people were there. Everyone was separated with glass screens. The staff were lovely. Triage nurse would call you to assess and then you were brought into the children's waiting area where everybody else is there together. There wasn't much social distancing between people in there. It's such a tiny room. But the doctors and the nurses were so busy. They had no time to stop. Take a breath. It doesn't make much sense to have to have you in your own glass screens at the start and then put you in with so many people when you move. After seven hours wait to see a doctor, I had to ask the question, when would my daughter would be seen? The doctor said, when I do, when I do get around to seeing your daughter, there's not much I can do as I'm not a dentist. As in kind of saying, are you really in the right place? He also told me that I needed to make an informed decision whether to leave or stay, but wasn't telling me to leave. But if I did, I could ring the dental clinic at nine the next morning. Uh, I'm still waiting for them to ring me back. The triage nurse said that the last few weeks, it's been a 12-hour wait in the A&E. Imagine that in the summer. I feel so sorry for the doctors and nurses because the hospital doesn't have enough staff. Uh... Daughter's fine, got her seen at St. Mary's Health Clinic after ringing so many different hospitals. So thank you, Marie, because that gives us an indication of how crazy it is within the hospital at the moment. Never mind if there's any kind of a wave coming. Um, and, and I'm not suggesting that there is actually. One would like to believe we've just got, we've got this beat. Um, I know staff in the ambulance service myself, and at the moment they are completely up the walls. They're short-staffed due to sickness, due to holidays, which obviously they need to take. Um, couldn't take it due to COVID up until now. The lack of staff, valuable ambulance services have been used to vaccinate and swab, which surely could have been taken up by other departments. Do we need ambulances to do vaccinations and swabs? Kinsale Road is where the station is, but the vehicles lined outside there are not all operational on a particular shift. And staff are not sitting in the station waiting for calls. They're going from one call to another and may have long waits in the A&Es for handovers. All the calls are prioritised. If an urgent call comes in, they will dispatch the ambulance, whoever is closest and available, which may mean uh, them coming from out of their usual areas. I think that the ambulance situation should be constantly highlighted by you as they're unsung heroes in this country, highly trained professionals on lower pay and poorer conditions than many others, says E by email. There's a lot of information in there. One of it is that um, if you see a line of vehicles outside the Kinsale Road depot, they're not all operational on a particular shift. Is that because of a shortage of staff or is there something wrong with the ambulances? I mean, why aren't they operational all of the time? Maybe somebody will explain that to me. Anyway, lines open, one 850 Back to the phone lines we go. Councillor Paddy Deneen, who's a councillor himself and also has the Silver Goblet on Quakers Road. Paddy, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? So, thank you. Good. And you? Hopefully, hopefully you're well. Um, just with regards to uh, the, the story regarding, uh, say, for instance, pubs that refute entry for absolutely no reason. And in the incident before 10, it was the Deep South. Did you have thoughts on that? 
I did, and I have to sympathise with the young woman that was involved because I remember many years ago, I used to be refused going into certain pubs in the city centre back in the day. And at that time, I was actually a publican, so I used to hold a publican's licence and still being refused. Why? Why? I don't really know. Um, I, I don't know, Is it um, was I the person they wanted or did they come over the wrong pub? Like There was one incident I always remember with the... Um, USP, what was it called? It was Jammer Plunkett, no, not, but it wasn't then. And I went into York. Scots, into York, maybe? Into York. Huh? Scots, maybe? Yes, Scots, right. that's exactly it. I came out of the old Oak, went across the road, went to Scots. You, you know, you'd be moving pub to pub and refused. And I was there, well, why was this, you know? But it's very, it's quite embarrassing. And everyone, you're, you're, that the... Oh, it must be mortifying for some. It must be mortifying for somebody. It is, it is, and it's degrading as well. Because if you're langers, now, if you're langers now, that's fine. But if you're blood sober yes. and you're told you're drunk, it must be mortifying. It's absolutely totally embarrassing. You're out, 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 out. And I do believe they get, that some bouncers or security do definitely go on a power trip without doubt. Absolutely without doubt that it's a power trip, and they love it and they and they enjoy it. You know. Then they shouldn't be in the. They shouldn't be in that business. No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. But the, but the owners or the management should be managed. Should be should be overlooking all that and should be acting responsibly as well. You know, I, I think that. I've learned from this programme down through the years that management or owners don't like to criticise their door staff. They, 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 it's a kind of a no-go area with them. They, and, the, and the door staff say, would you ever just leave us do our job? We know what we're doing, you know? Yeah, but if I'm paying someone to do a job, they do it the way I want it done. If they don't, I want, I'm paying them to do it their way. I'm paying them to do it my way. And, and they need to really clamp down a little bit on that. But listen to me, for the life of me, I can never understand why people feel you are there or obliged or privileged to queue up outside a pub. For the life of me, I just cannot ever understand why, why people do that. And they're absolutely delighted then to get in. And there's many, many great pubs in the suburbs that are, you could say, that are there for people to visit and there's no issue coming in. They're, they offer a fantastic atmosphere, fantastic service. And they, and they just bypass them on the way into the city centre where they where they feel this obligation to get in someplace and queue up. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I can only talk with any amount of uh, experience. Say, for instance, around the the Douglas or Blackrock area, there are great pubs and they are they are well supported. Say, Douglas has Barry's, for instance. That's one of the super pubs and. Young clientele yeah. going to this late bar. John O's is another one. Briar Rose is rocking. Um, Leaping Salmon is doing really well. The venue is doing really well. You know, obviously other pubs like that. But sometimes young people want to go into the city. That's where they want to be. Yes, I know that. I know that, and that's where they want to be. They want to be with in 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 that in that zone. But they don't need to be in that zone. They don't need to go into those pubs to to have a night out. And that's the point they're trying to make. And they don't need to queue up outside these pubs they don't need to feel privileged when they go in they don't need to pay 10 or 15 euro for the seat that they're sitting on just to be in there mm. they don't need to do all that there's many many pubs on the suburbs who would love their business and who would well look after them very very well and, and they'll be open as dear as anybody else as well yeah, you know yeah. I, I wonder is it is a lot of these pubs that are attracting a younger clientele only, only interested in looking at the ones that are very very good looking or young or really well dressed and everybody else doesn't get a look in, you know? They're selective. Quite, quite possibly, yeah. Quite possibly. Are you open now, oh, no. Cody? Did you open on Monday? Yeah, well, we are, we're only operating, we're operating a four-day week at the minute, Thursday to Sunday because of the restrictions and the staff overload and shortage of staff. But but we're open now Thursday, Thursday, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday for indoor and outdoor service. So you, so you haven't actually opened yet to pull pints? 
No, no, not, not for indoor service. But we're, we have been open for the outdoor service since June, but we're opening up for the indoor tomorrow. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, looking forward to get back to some normality. Yeah. And we, a lot of yours would be locals. I mean, are you, are you comfortable with having to ask them questions? Very comfortable, and um, we've we, they've, they've already been asking us as well. Like, you only, they have to be in their QR sort or their, their vaccination card, but you only have to bring it once. And once we know them, we, we're marking into the book, and you're done. You don't have to bring any more after that. Are you using an app? No. Okay, it's just visual. Yeah, visual, and we have our own little sheet, and we mark it down. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, good luck with that tomorrow. All right. Yeah, I look forward to welcoming everybody back. So, Cheers. But, take but, care. but, but anyway, to, to the young people out there, don't don't feel privileged otherwise. There's other pubs out there in the suburbs. Good man, good point, well made, spread it around. Thanks, Paddy, Councillor Paddy Deneen at uh, the Goblet, Silver Goblet on Quakers Road. Um, During my conversations yesterday, I referenced that the Vintners had told me on Friday that they had told members not to ask for other forms of ID with the cert. You know, you'd have the COVID cert and the QR and they'd look for a passport or a driving licence. And that was the state of play last Friday. Now, um, Michael O'Donovan, who's uh, head of the Vintners in Cork, was in touch with Brenda and he said, when I spoke to Neil on Friday, what I said to him at the time was correct. But we got summoned to a meeting by the Department of Health at half past two on Friday, where they told us that we would have to ask for ID with the cert. That update was issued to members on Friday evening after that meeting. So they've passed on the information to publicans and what have you as to whether they actually do what they're being asked and told to do. I don't know. I think there's a lot of them still won't and they'll just deal with it in their own personal way. Don't give my details. My husband has been doing security on doors for years. He won't do door work in town anymore because of the abuse they get when working on doors. And some of the door staff are on a complete power trip. But even though he has door security himself, he finds it very hard to get into places in town. So we generally avoid the city. He now works out of the city and he won't stop anyone coming to the door unless they're completely completely intoxicated or have been known to have caused trouble previously because you can never judge a book by his cover. That's what he says. However, he will do his job and remove someone from the premises if they are causing trouble. Door security is a tough job but to do, but to do, but some of the door staff in the city really need to go back and get proper training on door management. One issue I was thinking about, if you're a door staff, you're a bouncer, as we used to call them, security personnel now, whatever, and you're standing on a door, and this is not in any way, shape, or form to take from Sarah's story, but if somebody, if you're working a busy door and you have a long queue and somebody steps out of the queue and says, can I go in? My friends are in there, or my friend is in there, she has the table first, can the three of us go in? Like, how is that door staff member supposed to react to to that? I was just, just thinking about that. Does he believe the person, or... Could the door staff say, the, the doorman say that she might be chancing her arm, just that he would, t- she would tell him that just to get in the door? He has to make a call. Now, telling somebody to F off and point fingers, none of that is on. But it must be difficult for a, a bouncer to kind of make a call on that. She's saying, my friends are in there. Can I go in? Or my friend has a table for us. Uh, he has to make a call as to whether she's actually telling the truth or not. I had a similar experience in town. The attitude of some security staff is disgusting. Flirting, queue skipping, refusing people for no reason. Um, I was of the impression, uh, the security staff let it slip, I was of the impression the staff had been briefed on uh, clientele and the ratio of pretty ladies to all others. I went straight online, left a nasty but honest review. No reply to the review or from management. Uh, I never go back. My friends and I all agree it's... um, Dank with no character, and in this day and age, 
there will be hit in their pockets and probably won't survive if this carry on. I, I, I don't know about that. I mean, you make something difficult to get into, more and more people will want to get in. Anyway, it's not alone in Cork in this regard, but I'd like to see Cork customers that have the power back and put more reviews online for the good and bad places. Some of the places in Cork are more than fantastic and deserve to stand out above the other soulless, dank super pubs. Sorry for the rant, but I think I'm accurate uh, and logical. It's been going on in Cork for years, says Colin. He references the race ratio that's needed or demanded the ratio of pretty ladies to all others. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Text 0868104106. It's the same every time we talk about, um, you know, socializing, particularly in the city and door staff in Cork. You get loads and loads of texts on, and I will come back to them. But there are other things that I want to do as well this morning. So I'll come back to all of that. Feel free to text 0868104106. I'd like to hear about the places uh, where you're very, very welcome and uh, treated with the respect on the door and inside as well. Uh, but... Um, let me go to li- line one. Thank you. Linda, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Can you hear me okay? I can. Yes. Perfect. Okay. You're not on a speakerphone or anything? No, no, no. Okay. Your sister started from very humble beginnings, clothing company, and was building it up slowly over time. Uh, as the demand grew, she had more and more stock, but didn't have enough money or, or business drummed up to uh, rent a premises or to go into bricks and mortar. So she decided that to store the stock, she would buy a log cabin. I've got that much right? Yep, that's okay. right. So you researched companies and decided to pick on one um, to have and order and have built a log cabin to the value of eight and a half thousand euro. Yep, that's correct. And it was broken down into payments. You paid 30% deposit, three grand then 30% when materials arrive, 15% when it's fitted, and 15% when you sign off and it's completed. Pick up the yeah. story at that stage. Okay, so I um, it's my sister's business, so I just help her out. Um, so she asked me, would I look into, you know, the log cabins? So we actually had a local company come out um, and price up a job, but it wasn't exactly what, what she was looking for. So I researched into all different companies. I came across this company and the payment plan suited better, you know, by doing 30%, 30% as opposed to 50% deposit up front. So I went with this guy and she was happy enough. And so basically they took the 30% and so they said when the materials landed, that it would be another 30%. So we'd be looking at around the end of August. So when um, they contacted us in June saying that, oh, your stuff is in, uh, so we need the other 30% deposit. So we didn't think anything of it. So we we sent them the money and I said, we need to get the groundwork done. So we were getting the concrete base done. And I said, we'll be in contact with you in a couple of weeks to give you the go ahead. Okay, none of that was an issue, incidentally, because I, I got a no. response from the company. So the 30% deposit was paid, 2,950. Uh, the 30% de- uh, second deposit was paid when the materials arrived. So you had given over 6,000. That's right, yeah. Okay, okay. So... Yeah. So basically, I had the groundwork done just over two weeks ago. Um, so I tried to contact the company last week. I couldn't get through. So I I went onto their website and I saw that it said, we're currently taking no more orders. So I was starting to get, kind of get a bit worried, especially when I couldn't get in contact with someone. So uh, eventually, uh, the next day I got through. And, and you spoke just, to a staff member? 
That's right. Yeah, he's Bang. actually the, the the CEO of the company. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he was started, um, you know, saying that uh, he had to leave uh, an employee go due to mismeasurements. Uh, so therefore, he was in the height of debt. Um, and I was on the phone for about 30 minutes. I was so upset because, as you can understand, my sister gave me the responsibility of doing it. Um, and he was basically saying, look, it might be a later date. And I said, look, if you can confirm that it's at a later date, I'm happy with that, but I need a writing. So he he went on and on again, just giving sob stories, you know, about that people are coming to his house. And I said, you have to understand, I said, you have thousands and thousands belong to customers. So you understand, you know, how people are upset. So I said to him, look, I'll ring you back tomorrow because I needed time to think what we needed to do. Did you want the log cabin at this stage or did you want yeah, the 6,000? No, no, we still wanted the log cabin at this stage. So even if it meant, you know, that we'll get it by the end of the year, I was happy with that, but obviously I needed it in writing from him. Yeah. So he wasn't willing to commit to that. So I rang him then the next day and basically I was just asked getting advice from a few people and I rang him the next day and he told me, oh, I've enough wood. The only thing I don't have are the windows and doors. And at that point, then he was talking about going into liquidation because he was a limited company. So therefore, everything will go to the liquidators. Because I asked him, can we have what is ours? And we will get somebody to finish the job. Yeah, that's as best as you could help hope for yeah. at that stage. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, as the story went on, he was just going round and round in circles. And then he had the audacity to say to me, um, materials and everything have gone up. So there is one option um, that if you pay an extra 20%, I will get the log cabin done to you by the end of the year. And I was just, I said, there's no way. I said, I'm giving you more money. I'm trying to get money back from you. So um, I just said to him, look, I'm going to get a sheriff to your door and I'm going on the radio. And he basically kind of said, well, if you do that, you won't won't ever see a penny anyway. So that was fine. Um, My partner actually contacted him then after that and he told him that he doesn't have any of the materials whatsoever. So that just left us in an awful predicament. So I contacted Brenda then. So yeah. you you feel responsible, don't you? Personally, I can I hear it in your voice you. that you're very yeah. upset. You feel yeah. responsible because you did this yeah. job for your sister. It was her money. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, basically, it's. I mean, the, the company itself. He's he's talking about that. Oh, he'll give me the money back from his when he gets a new job. Okay. He's so we got in touch years. with Cabin Connects, That's and right. and yeah. um, can I just go through? It's a lengthy response. I'm not going to read That's it all out, but yeah. he does make some interesting points. I'm not here to defend him, incidentally, um, but yeah. I, I I do see. In the, I've seen in the past how situations develop when. When somebody goes into liquidation, I mean, I, I remember doing work for a television company some years back that went bust, and uh, I had let I had let a, um, bills build up uh, many thousands of euro, um, mm-hmm. which which I never got at the time. I was told that the liquidator would would um, prioritize, say, for instance, banks and the the revenue and other people first, and whatever was left would be distributed to everybody else. Yeah. There was there was nothing left in the end. That's how that's how liquidations yeah. go, you know. Yeah. Um, he 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 told us that that he did give his word that he'd make a fast full repayment as soon as possible. Um, he said the points that he made about uh, goods and materials going up. 
he's right there. Um, oh, I understand. Goods that, and yeah. materials have gone through the roof. In fact, I was sent um, some uh, prices from different uh, wholesalers there recently, and in the month of July, goods and materials went up three times in the same month. This would be this would be metal fabrication, wood. Uh, bricks, mortar, everything. Um, he said that a, a, a st- uh, that a staff member um, mismeasured an awful lot of the orders. So when the when the orders came in, all the measurements were wrong. They wouldn't fit anything, um, and ultimately, that's why the company went bust. Um, that they they just couldn't they couldn't survive that kind of a, a, um, an order coming in from Romania. All the different wrong shapes and sizes of measurements. He he said that um, he's informed all creditors one by one that he's trying to resolve the situation as best he can, but he's on his own as one man. He says, many people have called to my family home, which is my parents' home. I'm 24, um, and many are, are threatening my me and my family for their money, and they keep coming back to the family home. Uh, he says that there are 16 creditors, of which your sister is one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and he said that uh, your sister was extremely quick to judge um, and one of the most non-understanding that I broke the news to. Uh, he said uh, that he told Linda, whoever, whomever chooses, they will be to work against us, may be left at the mercy of whatever the courts decide. And in his opinion, um, the courts will uh, proceed that the company lawfully went into liquidation and that there are no funds to pay creditors anything. He says, my settlement agreement, I'm offering out of my future taxed money, um, that he will, what he's saying is that any money that he earns in the future from all the jobs going forward, he's going to do his very best to pay creditors back out of that. And he asks the yeah. question, are we, really the, are we really the first construction company to go bust in a global crisis? Do you accept mm-hmm. any of that? Oh, one hundred percent, Neil. Um, like what? What I don't accept is he knew he was he was in trouble in June, and he still went ahead and took that thirty percent. I knew nothing about the company going into liquidation until I actually contacted him last week myself. So, um, like as I said, he he was he knew he was in trouble, but yeah, he took that that extra thirty, or you know, the extra thirty percent. Mm. So that's what you know. Um, has hurt me the most and what I'm so upset over. Like, if it was the first 3,000, you know, we would have probably said, okay, look, nothing we can do. Um, But because he went ahead only a few weeks ago and took that other 3,000, and again, we were told, you know, that the log cabin is coming in from Scandinavia, it's the best type of wood. And then out of, you know, out of conversations we've had with him, he's saying that, oh, it's coming from Romania. Romania uh, would be, like... The manufacturers of the product is is in Romania. I don't know anything about Scandinavia. No, but that's what was sold to us at okay. the time when we were buying it, you know. So, like, I, I totally understand that and I can get it from both points of view. You know, from our side, like, 6,000 would mean, like, 60,000 to us, you know. <coughs> Excuse me, because... It, in, know, in some, to some extent, you're even lucky that you got a response at all because when oh, companies when yeah. companies go into liquidation they completely shut up and shut down and they go dark oh I know that yeah and he has you know he has taken my phone calls and I'm not knocking that but like <clears throat> excuse me one minute he's saying he has the wood and that he'll have it done, done at the end of the year and in another sentence then he's saying you know I don't and if I go on publicly and slander him I won't see a penny of the money 
Um, so he's contradicting himself all the time. Like we, like myself and my sister, like I've helped her so much to get where we wanted. Should anyone go on publicly and slander my name, they jeopardise all other creditors in receiving fast payments and possibly their hard-earned money back. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, you do know that you won't get any money back. You do know that. I know that. I know that. And that's why I came on to to yourself, Neil, to see if there was anybody out there that would even, you know, we could put a payment plan in place or something because unfortunately we'll have to, you know, pack it in if we can't because, you know, the stock is taken up, you know, the sitting room. Right. So you're moving on now to the next case scenario to try and turn this around. Incidentally, in his response to me, he didn't say anything about the wood or the steel or the glass or anything. There's no mention of the steel frame being here. I don't know anything about that. What I do know is that in the case of a liquidation, if you get anything at all, it'll be peanuts. Oh, that's it. Yeah, and I understand that. That's gone. Unfortunately, you picked a company that clearly when it was in trouble, um, whatever happened, I do not know. He talks about mismeasurements and stuff like that. That company is now gone bust. It's gone into liquidation. Yeah. You're at the bottom of the pile. It's terrible okay. saying that because you're very honest, hardworking people. The truth, yeah. That's the reality of it. So, yeah. so we need somebody that's in that business that, you know, not, not looking for anything for, for nothing. No, but that, not at all. No, not at all. Where you, can start, where you can start from scratch again with the down payment process, you know, where you'd get the log cabin for some kind of a deposit and pay it over time. Exactly, yeah. That's the only way that we'll be able to continue, Neil, because like we've great support. Our customer base is absolutely fantastic, you know, and they're so supportive. And, you know, we kind of we've we've we tested out different areas of the business, you know, so we went with ladies and then people started asking us for plus sizing. So, you know, we kinda of cater for all types of ladies, you know, small Business is um, called L D boutique, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we want to go back to the, you know, the full potential, but obviously we can't do that until we have some sort of storage. Um, now, as I said, we got the groundwork done, we have the concrete base in place. Uh, so it's just a matter of, like, if we were to wait another six, seven months, we probably wouldn't be able to continue because we're trying to build up, build up that money again. For of course. The, and like, so. anybody available to go guarantor? Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there, you know, that would go guarantor that we know of. That would that that trust you. I mean, I I trust you, and and Brenda says they are very honest and upfront and yeah. uh, very hardworking. But, but maybe they might say, okay, we will enter into this. We will give you the log cabin, give us the deposit, pay it back over two years or, or three years. Yeah. But in the event of you defaulting. They can get the money from someone else. Oh, of course. I wouldn't like what was done to us anyway, Neil. So I know, I know um, that won't happen yeah. because, you know, you've done the projections and the business is solid. But I just want to clarify, would you be okay with that? What size log cabin do you need? So what we ordered was a four metre by three metres. Okay, that's a 15 by 10 kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a reason. Um, it's not too big, to be honest. No, no. Like, it's 12 square metres. That's what we originally planned out for. Um, so, that's, you know, our main issue is we couldn't get um, the log cabin a certain length or width okay. or something. There was something like that. So, they were, uh, cabin connects are able to fulfil that for yeah. us. Yeah. Um, so, whereas other companies, they're kind of, you know, they're, custom, not custom made, but they're pre-ordered, you know, in the particular sizes. Um, 
So, but look, I'm just absolutely gutted for my sister. Um, like, I personally myself haven't worked for 13 years due to medical reasons. So this is kind of getting me up and going, helping her out. She's never, ever taken a wage since she started. Um, so, like, we're hoping that it will build up and build up. And eventually she might be able to get a premises, you know, in the city or something. But that's further down the line. Okay, so you're staying with the log cabin option then at this stage. Because yeah? yeah. you get, yeah. you probably would find... I won't even, maybe won't even go there, but you find the things have got very cheap now with rentals and leases, you know, but you want to stay with the log cabin option. Just okay. for the moment, yeah. Okay. For just a few years. Okay, hold, hold, okay, hold on there. Donald Mulcahy has a snug pub. Donald, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. What's snug pub? What do you do? Uh, snug pub is a, a business that got developed during COVID. We, we basically build bespoke garden bars. Uh, or garden shades are along those lines. No, I'm, I, I'm in the car. I missed the start of your conversation, but I'd be delighted to try and help that lady out. Would, what were the measurements again, Linda? So it's four metres by three metres. Log, and it, it's, it's storage for, um, so for fashion it, items. So, yeah, yeah. so it's, a, it's, a kind of, it's more of a log cabin, Donald. Yeah, I, look, I, as I say, I'd be delighted to speak to, to, to speak to her and see what we could sort out and, you know, what, what, you know, do it at cost or slightly less. You know, I, whatever I could do, I'd be delighted to help her. Would you do it at cost and, and do deferred payments on some of it? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Donald. You're, you'll have to make my day because I've been so upset, you know, for myself, you know, and for yeah, my no. sister. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, these things can happen. But look, okay, yeah, if we can help you out, we will. Okay, Thank so that kind, so that much, kind Donald. of, that kind of solves it now, doesn't it? Yes, it just, it so certainly you, does. Yeah. You can talk to Donald. You can work out whatever design you have, and they can talk to you about the sizes and everything. Try and come up with some kind of a deposit that works for both of you, and Donald will come up with a payment plan then to clear it in the in the foreseeable future. Is, is that what I'm? Is that what I'm hearing from you, Donald? Absolutely. You know, I, I, I get someone to call out to her. We can speak up here. I get someone to call out to her, have a look, and we'll come up with a design she wants. We'll come up with a plan. We'll, we'll work something out. Well, fair play to you. Thank you for that. Donna, or, thank you so much. Okay, Linda. Okay. You do stay in touch with me, Linda, and let us know how business goes and how everything works yeah. out, all right? Yes. Thanks very much, Neil. You're welcome. Glad to be here to help. Thank you so much. Donald, Bye. tell me a little bit about Snug Pub. You do garden, you do garden bars? Garden bars, it was sort of um, an idea that was developed at the start of COVID uh, last year and it has just grown and grown and grown. So, yeah, your your garden bar, basically, and all its accessories. And tell me, uh, has it been very busy for you over COVID with people spending, because people did put in bars? Yes, it has been absolutely crazy. Okay, okay. Love to have a look at your, have your website. Uh, yes, uh, uh, snowpub.ie. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at snowpub or snowpubs. Um, yeah, have a, have a look. It's a unique idea, I think. And I mean, it's I know there's probably all sorts of different prices, but prices. But what would the what would the entry level snug pub be? Uh, the entry level has changed a couple of times on us in the twelve months. In that it was, it's all been down to cost of materials. But your entry level is about 2,200 delivered and fitted. And materials have gone through the roof. That's, that's the truth, oh, isn't it? It's been crazy, yeah. It's, oh, it's gone up by 60, 70% of it since we started. When, when we started out, we did all cost it out and you know, it was going well and then it's just gone 
open up and up. And that's why the, that's one of the reasons why this company ultimately went, went bust. But why have materials gone up so much? What's the problem? I, I think it's supply and demand. I think, you know, any person I spoke to, I think America is taking a lot of materials. Don't. There's probably just not enough materials that it's sort of winner takes all, that, you know. So while you do pubs, did you have any, because I've met people who are looking to put in um, offices in their garden, standalone for working from home. Talk to me about that. Uh, we've done a couple of those as well. As I said, the company got developed as Snug Pub. We'll probably have to change the name somewhere along the line. Um, but yeah, we've like we've done home offices, we've done garden sheds, we've done uh, you know stuff for schools, you know, uh, tuck rooms for schools. It's it's sort of just developed and developed. Fantastic! Looking at some of the photographs here, it looks absolutely terrific. Some of them are quite elaborate, I have to say. Car company snugpub.ie. I'm so glad you were listening this morning and came to the aid of Linda and her sister. Thank you so much. I hope it works out. Well, we'll, we'll make it work, deal. We'll make it work. Okay, that's what I like to hear. You're my kind of guy. Thank you, Donald. Cheers. Much obliged. No problem. Take care. Bye-bye. Check him out yourself, lads. Snugpub.ie. Just listening to the radio and says, we can fix this. That's the kind of attitude I love. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. And you can text 0868-104-106. Earlier this morning, I was chatting with Mark, just bringing us up to speed on the Olympics, particularly Ireland and the Olympics. And more to the point, the different Cork um, uh, contestants and um, also the roars and what's going to be happening in the athletics and stuff like that. And at one point, we referenced Pierce Morgan, who was firstly here to go at uh, Simone Biles, the U.S. gymnast um, who has uh, said she's been fighting her demons and needs to withdraw to protect her mental health. Pierce Morgan says, are mental health issues now the go to excuse for any poor performance in elite sport? What a joke. Just admit you did badly, made mistakes, and will strive to do better next time. Kids need strong role models, not this kind of nonsense. Um, so it's an interesting point of view. I must imagine there is some some kind of sliver of, tr- of truth in it. Then he went into from sliver to silver and bronze medals. Um, he said no real champion would ever feel comfortable having a silver or a bronze medal in their trophy cabinet. And Gary Lineker said to be in the top three in the entire world is an outstanding achievement. And that was a bit of a spat then between Piers Morgan and uh, Gary Lineker. Um, but Morgan said, real sporting champions don't celebrate coming third. Uh, others said, bronze medal at the Olympics. Why wouldn't that be worthy of a celebration? And then he said, you'd never hear that uh, kind of thing from Usain Bolt or Michael Phelps. True f- sporting achievements is about winning, not losing. He doesn't regard silver or bronze as winning anything. Winning means coming first, not third. Uh, maybe it's okay for serial bronzers. So he was quite busy overnight on Twitter, back and forth, with regards to that. Prompted text, which I'll come back to, but also a call from Des. Des, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Okay, so now you're up to I speed. Had yeah. I what? had assumed this morning that when you read that out, that you actually agreed with the statement of Piers Morgan. In what way, shape, or form? I just read them out. Well, if you read out a statement, then that statement becomes true. If you read out a statement as other... Uh, programmers have uh, said, or program announcers have said, that he said it, but they don't agree with it. They think it's not true, and they think that it's very seriously bad. So do you agree with them? You're saying that others have said that we shouldn't celebrate silver or bronze? No. Other people have said that stating that mental illness is not a reason 
to continue uh, working or uh, uh, doing a sports activity, that that's not a reason to stop. Oh, for God's sake! I could never, I could never agree with a com- I could never agree with a comment like that. Words, but you'd say if you had a broken leg or a broken jaw, like Muhammad Ali had, huh? yeah, and he continued to fight. That's what real people do. So and I, up to uh, mental illness. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, are you saying that mental health issues are not, are not a go-to excuse, which is what he said? Are you saying that he's right? No, you said he was right. No, I said I think there's some. I said there's some merit in the argument and in the discussion of it. But I'm never going to judge. And I'm never ever. How am I going to be in a position to judge somebody's mental health? Tell me what merits there are in what he said with regard to mental health. But sure, I, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on in somebody else's head. I have no idea why people um, would would make statements like that. He doesn't know exactly what's going on in any athlete's head. Sorry. He doesn't know, nor do I. Do you believe what she said? I have, no, I, I have no idea what, what the woman... Do you believe what she said? If she said she's fighting demons and needs to withdraw to protect her mental... Absolutely. Did you see the press conference? Didn't, no, you see, I didn't see the press conference. So that's why I wouldn't judge her. Judge who? Are we judging, are we judging uh, Piers Morgan at the moment? No, we're not. We're talking about his tweets. No, we're talking about the man and what his mental state is. But I have no idea what it is. He might do. He might what do it intentionally. State, what mental state is a person in when they attack? When they attack a young girl who stands up in front of the world, who already has achieved huge success, world success, Olympic medals world medals for gymnastics what sort of man would stand up and suggest that she is faking mental illness well that's what he he, I I don't know I don't know that he's gone so far as saying faking anything but he he also had a similar he also had a similar tweet um, with regards to do you agree with Pierce Morgan no I don't agree with Pierce Morgan and you think Simone is right to stand aside when she has an injury to her. Abs- of co- uh, but sure, of course she is. Right. That's but sure, like, who am I, uh, who are my, I or you or Pierce Morgan, anybody to say. from your uh, uh, session this morning that you agreed with Pierce Morgan. You read out a statement. Not at all. Sure, I mean, no, nobody can make a call on somebody else, else's mental health issues. You read a statement out and you don't disagree with it. De facto, you agree with it. Okay. Well, listen. You, you've made your point. Uh, I've made my response. Do you do you have any do you have any issue with regards to him saying that bronze or silver medals are not really worth celebrating? No, I think that we should take an opportunity to stand back and look at these Olympic champions, and also you have Naomi uh, Osaka, the tennis player, yeah. who had mental illnesses and mental issues in um, the. French Open and also stood aside in Wimbledon That's right. because, and people attacked her. These are serious problems. Um, I think the initial attack on, on, on Naomi Osaka was because people... We should take the opportunity to acknowledge that these are serious issues. But that did happen. Initially with Naomi Osaka, nobody actually knew the reasons why she was refusing to go to a press conference. She then came out and explained it an awful lot more and everybody said, oh, okay, well now I understand. 
No, I understand. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. No, you didn't. With with regards to Naomi Osaka? Yes. Absolutely, I did. Because I, I follow tennis, and I understood where she was. Initially, yeah. there was confusion as to whether, as to the reasons why she was refusing to go to press conferences. Then she came out, and, and she sub. Why do you think the tennis authorities didn't stand with uh, Naomi Osaka and give her help? Why didn't they say we'll do everything that we can to help this athlete back into wellness again? But they did. Why didn't they do that? But they did. They subsequently, didn't. when she clarified the issues, no, no, no. They attacked her. The French said she's not going in to play unless she does the press conference. If she doesn't do the press conference, she ain't playing. That was in, okay. Well, that was initially the response, but it was. That's a direct attack on a young lady who is a champion tennis player. Clearly, clearly you haven't read. Clearly, you haven't read any of the updated statements from the LTA or the WTA. I've read, I've heard on the television what they've said. Okay. And I know what they said. They said if she doesn't attend a press conference, she ain't playing tennis. Despite the fact that she had an injury. Mm-hmm. Supposing she had a broken leg and she said, I can't attend a press conference because I have a broken leg. Would they say, oh, no, if you don't attend a press conference, you ain't playing. I, I know, but I've, I've tried to explain to you that subsequent to that, she did clarify and she gave more information as to where she was at. As Craig, Greg says here, I agree with Pierce Morgan. I was at my son's sports day last week. He came first in an event, yet they gave everyone in the race a medal. This is all wrong. What's happening to rewarding someone when they win? Rewarding someone when they lose is just PC gone mad. What? You're talking nonsense, Neil. You're no, 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 it's not me. That's a text. That's absolute nonsense. That's a text. You're relying... Uh, just a second. If you read out that statement, then you agree with the statement. No, I don't. No, listen, Des. No, I'm, happy to, I'm happy for you to be on air, but no, it's, no, like, it's like me putting... No, Des, it's like me allowing... It's, it's allowing me and you... It's, it's you allow- don't agree with in order to deflect, deflect from the real argument. You're picking a statement to say, this is what people are saying. People are not saying that. People are saying Neil Prendeville stood up this morning and read out a statement from... Uh, no, I'm reading it. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a text on the air from somebody else who has an opinion just like yours. And therefore, and therefore, uh, therefore, Simone Beals is a bad person because she has mental illness. She should have continued to play. She should have continued her gymnastics. When she in fact right. stood up and said, I cannot do it because I have a serious illness. Yes. And Chris Morgan says she's talking nonsense. And Neil Prendival is agreeing with her. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you to have, uh, have your opinion on the air. Um, and I'm going to move on at this point. But thanks for calling in. I do appreciate it. Cheers. Take care, Des. Lines open at one 106 We'll come back after 11. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, everybody is entitled to an opinion and everybody's entitled to be heard. Um, and that is, uh, you know, whether it's a phone call or a text or an email. And for me to read them out does not mean that I in any way, shape or form would agree or endorse. But Des is entitled to send anyway else to have his thoughts or opinions heard. Um, lovely email here, actually, with another one of those great, great random acts of kindness. I'm writing on behalf of my mum. Actually, it says mom. Remember we discussed that on the air sometimes? 
time ago, mum, mum, ma'am and mammy. Uh, anyway, she was in Crosshaven with my dad and nephew last Friday and bought three, and she bought 99s for the three of them, only for herself and her nephew to immediately drop those, their own. They drop theirs. You know how that can happen sometimes if it's too high or it's not secured on the actual wafer cone, it just falls off. Anyway, they drop them. A few minutes later, later, a lady and two young girls came over with brand new 99s for the pair of them. <laughs> My mum was blown away by this act of kindness from a total stranger and asked me to write in on her behalf in the hopes that the kind stranger will be listening. Please tell her you made my mum's day, says Alma. What a beautiful, kind gesture to bring it over, you know, unprompted like that. Well done. And from 99s to going for a pint. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm from Cork, but now living in the USA. My wife, daughter and myself are going home to Cork next week for two weeks. We all got the two Moderna shots in March. In the USA, they give you a card with your name and when you got the shots and the type for us it's Moderna my question is when I go to town next week for a pint will my card be acceptable at the door as we don't have the QR code yet here in the USA hope you can get an answer for me keep up the good work we listen to you we listen to you every day in America that's from John O'Sullivan um, the simple answer to that is your card will be acceptable on the door just like the vaccine card of Irish people are acceptable on the door it's not just a QR code that's acceptable. The card is as well. So I hope that answers the point for you. Can I just say, and actually, just on that point, Americans are very welcome to Ireland, but unfortunately it seems that we are not very welcome there. And it doesn't look as if that's going to change anytime soon. I don't get why the Americans are doing this, to be quite honest with you, because a fully vaccinated person is a fully vaccinated person. You know, they've got fully vaccinated people walking around America and American cities. What's different with people coming in who are vaccinated and can prove it, particularly if they're welcome here? So they're still quite rogue in that regard. And to the person I can now confirm 110%, because Stephen Donnelly has just come out now and said that anybody who sends their son or daughter back to school in September without being vaccinated or an unvaccinated child will not be turned away from school. You can send your children to school in September vaccinated or not vaccinated. Um, Neil, you were suggesting that the powers that be make panicked decisions based on videos on social media of socialising people, that they make the decisions based on panicking over videos and not accurate statistics. Well, if that's the case, it can come as no surprise that we are where we are, says Richie in Toker. I just, I just believe that they do take these things into consideration because politicians swing in the wind all of the time and they're always looking at you know public opinion and what's happening out there. In some things, in others they don't with regards to how they spend our money. But I think that they would be swayed um, if numbers start to go up and say, for instance, the CUH is full and they see videos. It happened at Christmas time, you know. You heard Varadkar often referring to scenes and videos on social media. That, that's the point I'm making there. Will the vaccine card be accepted at the door of a bar? Uh, I need to know for the weekend. Yes. Um, I would love actually to spend some more time doing an awful lot of the texts on vaccines and vaccine certs because there is a lot of them. Um, because there's always a different string to the bow every day. And the last few days, it's been, of course, um, you know, the opening of indoor hospitality. So I might have an opportunity to do that uh, before midday today. But uh, I got lengthy uh, communication and indeed followed up with lots of videos and photographs regarding another job that didn't seem to go right, uh, a new house extension uh, two years back. So I just want to deal with that if, if I could for a moment. I, we managed to resolve one earlier on this morning. I, I don't think we're going to have the same kind of success in, in this regard, but Samantha joins me by phone. Samantha, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, I'm good. And I'm going to try and keep this as tight as I can. I know there's an awful lot okay. of information and a backstory that's quite detailed, but I won't have time to go into all of that. But what I do know is that in August of 2019, yourself and Ingrid decided to get an extension to the home. What, what were you getting built on? We were just getting, um, like, we were extending our kitchen and uh, sitting room and dining area and downstairs. We didn't need planning permission or anything. And um, we hired, I can't name him, can I? You can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We hired um, McAfee Contracts Limited to complete the works. And I found his name on a reputable website. And I met with him and he agreed to do the works for a certain price. And I went to see a job he had done maybe seven years previous. And that seemed okay. And he had insurance and he was registered. And we went ahead with the project. And Neil, what we're left with is like every time you call out the weather forecast, I'm like, oh, Jesus, do I have to put down the the tarp on the ground again? Because the roof is has cracked the whole way across and it's leaking. It's just awful we're living in a nightmare at the moment it's just unbelievable so the f- a photograph that you sent to me one in particular has plastic tarp on the ground and your furniture yeah. covered what why is that was yeah, that a rainy day we have to because yeah if it's raining it leaks through and like the place is getting destroyed and as you can see it's you know it's always there was initial problems from the get-go we started in july the build and then in december the 15th we came home and there was leaks everywhere, buckets all over the floor. Um, he drilled holes in the ceiling to stop the leaks. There was it leaked onto our sofa, our new sofa. Thank God it was covered. Um, it's just a nightmare from the get go. And was and the job deemed finished? The job was deemed well, partially finished. The, um, we have to give him money in order to finish what he could, but we suspected that he was going to do a legger and leave us with nothing otherwise do you know what I mean because a lot of people can probably relate to this when you get a contractor in or a builder in and they go so far you can't just not continue because otherwise you're left with an unfinished build and what kind of money are we talking about Uh, €41,090 okay and uh, I see pictures of the roof as well um uh, and the uh, water is lodging, and there are pools on the on the roof. And then, uh, unfortunately, oh, yeah. and there's sure, some other the photographs. Even, yeah, the roof is like um, cracking because there's not enough support there. I mean, he it was just complaint after complaint saying this job is underpriced. I'm losing money on this job. That's all. No, no, they they they're absolutely hammered with the cost of materials going up. I mean, that's just. Unreal, you know. Whatever job they might have, whatever job a company might have priced six months ago, it's fifty or sixty percent more now for materials. Yeah, but this is pre-COVID, Neil. COVID has nothing to do with this. They bought the materials in 2019. Okay, and and what 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 is happening now with the ceilings? Am I seeing dampness and and is that water damage? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, what am I seeing with the, what, what, was there paving done that doesn't look as if it's pointed properly or there's... there's. Oh, they did paving out the front and, um, you know, the bricks were coming loose and he threatened to take that away because we weren't going to pay him and we, did, and we had to fix it ourselves in the end. Our front door wasn't opening properly, it was dragging, he never fixed it. I had to get my friend Mike Sloan and thank you so much Mike for fixing that. I really appreciate it. He came, a man in his 70s came to fix that door for us because otherwise it was dragging all on the floor and destroying the floors. Okay. I mean, 
this contractor couldn't do the simplest things and he's I just we're just so I don't know upset about it and we just we said we'd ha- I had to get it out there and let other people know what's going on but you asked them to put it right and everything and did you go through the small claims court on it yeah, my last contact with with, the, with Vivian was on the 20th of September and I said, are you going to finish the job? Are you going to come back and sort it or will I find someone else? He never replied. And um, I went to the small claims court. He refused to engage. He ignored the letters. And when I, the sm- when I contacted the small claims, they said he did receive them because it was a registered post. And I won the case then because he didn't uh, respond got the sheriff out to get the money and the bailiffs were sent and the bailiffs um, sent back nulla bullets, which means no goods. Um, How much so were you awarded in the small claims court? 2000 is the max. And I thought maybe if I can get some money off... Is that all? Are you sure it's not higher than that? No, it's 2000 So the bailiffs went out, they said they wouldn't... Well, go why would you go to the small charge. claims court just looking for 2000 because we um, we got someone else to come in and see could they rectify it, and but the problem is so deep rooted, it's just unbelievable. Um, we need more money to fix it. It was it's a lot um, more than two grand to put it right. Oh God, yeah, a okay. lot more than two thousand. And as I said, we spent just over forty one thousand on this already. Um, he's come back a few, like he did come back a few times to fix the leaks, but they're just. On and on and because on it's amazing because this is a business that um, I'll talk to Vivian McAsee in a second but they're 30 years in business they'd hardly be in business 30 years they're not in business 30 years well, because they're on and off business like well, when well, I well, spoke well, to him doing business yeah. for 30 years you'd, you'd, build up, you'd build up either a very good or a very bad reputation and I'd be inclined to think their reputation must have been very good if they have 30 years business uh I can't comment on okay. that. Well, you're only, I know, you're only dealing with your own, your own experience. I'm anyway. only dealing with my own. And to be honest, I did send him a very long email outlining all the faults and everything. And, you know, he, I did okay. have an engineer. Okay. And um, he oversaw the works and he accused the engineer of sabotaging his work. And why would the engineer, well. why would the engineer not pull him up on this over... Oh, no, he journey. did. Okay, and okay, did. all right. And said, he's okay. going to go bust, he's going to go walk away from this project. We need to get as much out of him. Okay, well, we sent on all of your information and your email and the photographs and everything that you sent me to um, McAsee Contracts. And, and in fairness, a lot yeah. of the time people don't respond or they respond by email, but actually Vivian's here and joins me by the phone. Vivian, good morning. Morning, Neil, how are you doing? I'm good. Is this, is this at this late stage, is this fixable? But we did, we completed works, uh, Neil, and her engineer signed off the works and said everything was was a hundred percent. And we were, we, as far as we were concerned, the job was finished. There was a leak appeared uh, after that. We came back, we fixed it, and like she pictures up on Facebook there of um, of, the, of the way we left the job. We didn't leave the job like that or anyone else. Yeah, but that's the uh, way it is now. I mean, you'd have to be able to stand no, over and guarantee the work, wouldn't you? It's not, it's not, that's not, the pictures that she has up there are all pictures that she took at the time of the, the, the initial leak. No, they're past and present, Vivian. How, no, if not, you no. build, if you make an extension, should I be living like this today? Sorry, but your, your, your engineer signed off and all works. I went back and did my best for you. You were morning and ringing us, coming back, demanding us to do this, no do that. Blame the, the, the engineer, the, 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 the front we were given to free of, free of charge. I wouldn't charge anything for them. Your yeah, pictures up on Facebook of, of uh, snag, snag list items that, were, that, were, that your engineer signed off on. 
Like, <laughs> Don't blame the engineer, Vivian. Stop blaming everyone else. <laughs> Hold on a second. Stop. He's, the, the, Stop the engineer signed off. Else, the, engineer, the, the job is done well. As far as he was concerned, the job is done 100%. But even, uh, even, if, uh, even if it were done 100% at the time, right, and subsequently yep. was found that it wasn't right in all ways, shapes, or form, and, and some of the photographs, they're pretty bad, like, in fact, all of them are pretty yeah. bad. There are, there are yeah, leaks well, and cracked uh, ceilings. Would there not be a guarantee to put right, no? Yeah, but this, if the engineer signed off, to see that he's in charge of Engineer again. Vivian, take ownership of your workmanship, please. Take ownership. You yourself and your keyboard warriors there. I've been doing nothing but we've led the past week. They're only sabotaging me on Facebook. I can't, I can't respond to anything on Facebook. Like, I've been Vivian, in the business of the construction industry for over 30 years. Like, I don't know. Come here. But how did, okay, and you have been, so you've done many of these jobs. How did this one end up leaking? And how did this one end up cracking? And why is a woman right. putting tarpaulin down on the, on the floor? Which was, there was an initial leak. There was a gully and the roof leaked. We fixed the gully and we, we repaired the, the ceiling and the inside. And as far as we, we were concerned, the job was finished. Yeah, but there's as a lot of... we're concerned, yeah. There's and a, my neighbours were affected as well, Neil. My neighbours... All right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the neighbours now, Neil. Right, no, I actually don't want to talk about the neighbours because okay, I know nothing just, about the neighbours uh, and I'm I, not I, interested. Can I, can I tell you the story now because she just brought it up. Now, I got a phone call one day off the neighbour to say that the whole, whole, whole bathroom roof was leaking. So I went up and I said, right, okay, I took the flashings off the side of the roof. Six times I took the flashings off the side. I replastered, refelted it, redid everything. Couldn't. They kept saying that there's still a leak in the bathroom. I went away then once out of the man, myself and my brother. We took off all the tiles on, on their roof. And as it turned out, they had an old chief felt on the roof. They had they pumped the cavities of the house. They super insulated the house. The heat was coming up, hitting the cheap, uh, it, uh, what you call it, and the condensation was coming down their walls. That's that's what happened to our neighbours. And I showed the neighbour exactly what was happening. Okay, and, and so back to my, present. It's my fault. Back to present. Sorry? I am still living with a leaky back roof that you built. No, what you're not. No, you're not. Well, how how would you be able to find, like, just tell me, you know that thunder shower that we had there a couple of days ago, Samantha? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did water come into the house through the ceiling and through the roof? Of course it did. Of course it did. No, it didn't. <laughs> Lads, either it did or it... No, you haven't been here, Vivian. You haven't been, been here. Neil, this, My this is uh, a character assassination over on this, by this person. No, but if, the, if there was a thunder shower, but if she says there was a thunder shower the other... I wouldn't allow a character assassination, incidentally, Vivian. I want to be as fair to yeah. you as, any, as I am to... Where's the proof of the league that we came into the other day? Where is this? Do you have proof of the leak from the other day? Yeah, I mean, like, I have videos of... You have, you have, you have a video of a leak in coming into the pictures, coming in the, the, after the thunder shower the other day that you just claimed. Of course I do. Yeah. Well, there well, you go. It's it's still, the pictures it, don't lie. But surely, Vivian, you want to put... Surely you'd want to go back and put it right once and for all so you can put this behind I wouldn't you. have him back, Neil. I can't have him back because I, uh, so I, I wouldn't go back to Neil. She's like nothing but troubles from day from day one. She she asked us to put in villages at one stage. She wanted everything done for nothing. She asked us to put in villages at one stage, and uh, to, uh, to, because there was an adjustment in the window at the back of the house, she thought she was getting the villages for nothing. Like I put, she got a door. She we were doing the porch of the house. There was a front door. All, I we put in a threshold for the door for to be measured. We were putting in the door, and she decided she wanted the Palladio door. Palladio door is three and a half thousand euros. We only budgeted nine hundred quid for a door. So she'd expected me to make up the shortfall. I said, not no, a whole. No, I bought so the door So she went to and she bought a second-hand door that wouldn't fit. 
It was a brand new door, Vivian, I bought. It was a second-hand door you bought from Handles and Tinges and Fred Mitchell. A second-hand door. Second-hand or new? It was second-hand new. It was pre-made. It was pre-made. I was getting once to join you down to measure the front door and get it to fit. The opening was tight as it was. We, we, could, we did an unmerciful job trying to get this door to fit. Now, look, all I can did, say did, did is... You buy, did, you buy, did you buy a second-hand door? No, I didn't buy a second-hand door. You did buy it. Was it? Was it? Was you know. Was you know that a lot of a lot of the interior is rotting now because of this water damage. Well, where's where's it rotting? Well, they've photographed underneath them. the ceiling. All the insulation. Yeah, the was, ceiling they is were cracked. they were pictures we took when we had the initial leak when we had the ceiling opened up. There's a there's also issues with what looks like. Um, I don't know whether it's badly fitted panelling, but it certainly looks like as if it's water damaged rotten panelling at, oh, at the it's windows. Rotten. You see... Yeah. At the windows. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just looking at the... Yeah. Forgive me. Uh, what I'm seeing is, is is a horror story of photographs, but you know, yeah. why, why do you... Neil, you're not getting it. What she did, she's, she's, she's taken pictures of... She's put pictures up on Facebook of stuff that was done on, on the snag list originally just originally signed, signed off on. And she's taken put up pictures of the regional league. She has put up no pictures of anything did anybody did anybody come back and correct the cracks, for instance, or the water damage? We went back. We went back and we fixed everything. We walked out the door and there was no leak in that roof. She said that there was six inches of water holding on the roof. It's physically impossible to have six inches of water holding on the roof. But there is water on the roof. There's puddles of it. There's a couple of mil here and there. Yeah, but. Is there, is there six inches of water on it? Well, I, the photographs that I have aren't while it's raining, so I don't know what it's like when it's torrentially... Like the other day, for she's got video of the, the, the torrents of rain hitting the roof and coming yeah. down into the kitchen. She's got tarpaulin on the ground. Well, when, when was them videos taken, Neil? When was the photograph of how the tarpaulin? Long, yeah, how long should the extension last? 30 oh, years. I mean, please, Vivian. Yeah, what Take on. ownership of the work that you did. <laughs> You did it. Your engineer, your engineer signed off and all work. It doesn't matter. We, we were the job do yeah, but still in all, if the, even if an engineer signs it. off and then subsequently this, we all have little snags, you know what I mean? I got an awful lot of work. I got stuff done at home and, they, they, you know, the th- three or four months later, people had to come back and, you know, there was, there was issues with, say, for instance, I know that some of the windows... Um, uh, and the aluminium wasn't started to move and to sag and they came back and they fixed it again you know yeah yeah, which, which, which is what we did with the, with the snag list we were, we were given why didn't you did, was there, you didn't why didn't you engage with the small claims court because I didn't get the initial All right. summons okay. I, the only the only summons I got I was a notification well I'm going to, I'm actually going to the court now in a minute I'm going to say an English history I want them to prove how how I was served because I didn't get any initial okay. summons the only notice I got yeah. was that I was to, I was to pay 2,000 euros I spent three weeks myself and my wife ringing the, the, the office trying to appeal, lodge an appeal but of course they were home sitting down at home on COVID payments or out with COVID they, no one answered the phones so how could so, I appeal this? But are you going to pay the 2000 that was awarded by the Small Claims Court? No, because I'm going appealing it. Okay, okay. But you don't want him to do the work now at this stage, do you? Um, I can't, because he's, the relationship is very sour. His workmanship is very poor. Um, when I did get someone oh to fix the roof, they had to actually put a, a higher angle on it because the water wasn't draining off the roof. It was it was collecting, it was pooling. There, there, the there we go again now. So, so the roof is fixed now at the moment and still now you were, you were able to send in a video of the water pooling. Even though you say you're saying now the roof is fixed. Bad. 
It's not because... Which, well, you, you just contradicted yourself. You said you, there was water lodging in the other day that they, they were the pictures up there. Yeah. Now you just stated that you yeah. got the roof fixed there and it doesn't so, like, it's, you're, you're, the pictures are up, up on the thing, are old photographs. Yeah, but, like, she's saying that they're not. They're from this week and the videos this week. And, and, and I'm wondering but, why but, why, but why, Neil, you wouldn't, just, why you wouldn't want to stand over pride in your work and just go back and get it right, no matter what. Neil, we did walk away from the thing. There was a bit of a small bit of pooling on the roof. That's the only issue she was having. It was 41 well, grand, like. It's an awful yeah, lot of money not to be... It was 33,600 because she, she left us out the gate. She refused to pay what was all she... There was a load of extra that she wouldn't but pay. But even 36 grand, not to be 100% no, happy with the job. No, euros at the end. And I no, have all the receipts to back it up. You just no, don't no, seem no. to agree on anything, the two of you. Where how's, How will this ever resolve itself? It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. I, I have to beg, borrow and steal to get this prepared myself. Because yeah. he's just blamed everyone. He's blaming the engineer for signing it off. He's denying. Yeah, Mr. Kamir, hold on a second. Your engineer signed it off. What did they do? You, the engineer you hired came in and signed off the works. I hired you as well, Fifteen. But you hired an engineer. But, you, but you're not really going to know how. You're not really going to know how snug and tight and secure a roof is until it rains, surely. And then when it rains, about six months at that stage. You know what I mean? But this this is going on longer than that. Yeah. yeah. She, she, stay, she stated there a while ago that she, the the roof is still leaking the whole, and then she just mm-hmm. just said there that she 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 put a different elevation on the roof, and the roof is, is now flowing properly. Because the problem is rooted. Why why is she putting pictures on her Facebook of, of of stuff that's 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 two years old that was fixed? And now, but the, my inside roof is only from to, I can show you pictures today what it looks like. He says he came back and did the work and corrected what was ever was wrong with he it. He corrected and, you know. the original leak, but it still leaked again after that. Okay. And Neil, look, yep. as I said, thank you for... Hang on a second. Sarah, Sarah is, yeah. is one of the neighbours yeah. that was referenced there a second ago. Sarah? Sarah, can Hi, you hear me? I yeah. just got a text message to see that Sam was on the radio. Yeah. And like, Hi, Sarah. Just, Hi, Sam. I just heard there that um, Vivian referred to a small pooling on the roof. So the flat roof is onto my garden and we had just bought a um, just a normal garden shed last year and the water was gushing out onto my garden shed. The leak was now yeah. coming in through our garden shed. It was a fall word, it was like a man, or, you know, like a sewer pipe sticking out the side of the shed. The sewer pipe was put out and trimmed off and a gully put the, does a gully pipe to know, correct? It's fixed yeah, now? So it's fixed now, Sarah? It, it for, is, for a couple of days, for a couple of days, Neil, the, the gully, the, the four sewer pipe was sticking out. While well, once we got to the put into the, the proper hopper for the, for the gully, yeah, so yeah. The, uh, it was roughly two weeks, and no, it was in. It was our garden was flooded. Oh God! We had nothing to do with this extension. Yeah. yeah so you, 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 were me, telling me that I was out uh, putting a leak in your roof, which I didn't put any leak in your roof. You did. No, I didn't. I brought your husband up onto the roof that uh, the Saturday I showed him exactly what was happening with your roof. Yeah, could I speak? There's a, non, a non-breedable felt on the Well, roof. It's, it's, it's sound, it sounds as if an, uh, something was pointed out to Vivian that was wrong and he put it right. Yeah. And also, that, that was not that leak in her bathroom had nothing to do, nothing to do with me. Even though I took the roof off, I took, I took the flashes off six times off the roof, and I, I brought her, her boyfriend or her husband. I'm not too sure. But I showed him exactly what was happening. The top of the filter was bone dry. Underneath the filter was was, was pissed with. Are you so? Are you happy and proud of the job you did? 
But you need, I walked away from the job, the job was done as far as I was concerned. But it's not. It's not. But no. so she's, she's, she's telling two stories there. Like, apparently she, she got something to fix the roof and now it's still the same. How, which is it like? Well, I'm it, living with a leak in my roof, Vivian. You built my extension. It's your take responsibility for it. Which I took responsibility for the initial leak. And we fixed it and we were, the job and was done. it's still leaking today, Vivian. And now you're trying to blame the other guy that came in to fix it. You blame everyone else but yourself. Take ownership of it. But if you want them to no, take ownership of it, then you want him to go back and do it. I want him to pay. I do not want him to come back. I can't. And pay what? Yeah. The, jo- the, jo- the, jo- the job was finished. The job of, there was no right. leak in that roof when we left it. She, what, and what do, you like want, to, what do you want him like to pay? I'm having the windows stripped because the sealant or whatever he put on it isn't bonding and it's leaking through. So that has to be stripped. Oh, Jesus Christ. What are you on about now? What are you on about now? There's, a, there's a lot that there's she's on the about. The whole ceiling. The whole ceiling has to be stripped. What ceiling on the windows? Whatever stuff you use, Neil, you can see the pictures. Do you see it? If it were work that I had done, uh, I'd be very, 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 ins- I'd be very annoyed. Yeah, I'd be very upset with it. Yeah, but, you I can mean, see it. Uh, and he did a course as well. While he did a course, he said he's going to do a course to, to do... How much do you want? How much are you looking for to put it right? I'm looking for about five or six thousand to do it right. <laughs> yeah. why, are you la- why are you laughing? That's not happening. Uh, when I finish the job, the job is done. All right. Yeah. Okay. And, so, Neil, and yeah. what would, uh, just I want to say as well, like myself and Ingrid, both respectful people. We both have great jobs and work for charities. We're just good people. My neighbours are good people as well. And, you know, we went down the small claims court even to salvage and even that, even the law couldn't help us. We just don't know where, and everyone goes, why don't you go down the small claims? We did. I can't afford to go to a solicitor and if I win the case, how am I going to get the money out of them? And then I'll have to pay the fees. It's just, what do we do, like? What do we do? What should she do, Vivian? So, I'm not doing anything for her. I saw like the job is finished. Yeah. Orange and Neil signed off for the works. The, the, the engineer like the and the other, yeah. Blame everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But why did the engineer sign off? No? Maybe it wasn't a rainy day when he signed off on it. But hold on a second. It was rainy the same summer rain nearly every day. Oh well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be all that happy if I was sitting under a leaking roof and it spent either thirty-six no. or forty-one grand on it. Yeah, forty-one thousand and ninety euro. Forty-one thousand and ninety euro. No, well, you give it, give it money to someone else. You didn't give it to me. We can't even yeah. agree, lads. You can't even agree on the amount of money that was paid. I know, because I had to work very hard for that money. Does your engineer have any responsibility here? Um, I don't know. Yes, he has. The engineer, yes, he has. as I said, like, was, he signed off those works. He's liable for any any damage. The that. engineer was. I can't, like, he really went above and beyond to try to get this done and also help. Well, would an engineer not be qualified to be able to look at something to say that this potentially will leak or this potentially will be a problem or we need to, surely that's their, their qualifications would be able to, would be able to pick these things up. Yes, and it did. And Did you ever have strong words with your engineer about all of this? Um, no, because the issue was with, uh, 
with Vivian and the engineer pointed all of this out with photographs and emails to both me and Vivian that better Why did he sign off on it then? But he didn't send me any emails about any, anything to do with the roof. Things were sealed off before he had to look, even though he was warned not to seal so them So I don't want to know who the engineer is, but I'm asking, no, I'm asking did you, did, did, you ever, did you ever think of suing the engineer? No. No, that's not an option for it's you. Vivian, Vivian, it's Vivian that did the work. No, but it's, 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 your engineer signed off on all the works. And he did anything issues I had during the during him. But would you not would you not put it like would you not make some sort of a gesture by virtue of PR? Uh, give him money. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah. No. Okay. I lost. I lost. I lost my. And I'm looking at that job as Neil, and she, then she walked out to get. She wouldn't even pay me my extras. So I've no notion of going back to or giving. I money. paid you everything, old. No, you no, you didn't. Okay. Well, okay is right. There's, I, don't I mean, know what to say to you, Vivian. Because, n- n- nor do I. You know, I mean, it's you're, 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 there's a standoff there, and I don't see it going anywhere. To be honest with you, it no, is what I, it is. I don't. And all I'm left with is a leaky roof, and that, and it is leaking, Vivian. It is your no, fault. No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. Okay, what, you what, what, didn't what, build this, this, okay, this, fine. This, 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 that's what road you want to go down, Vivian. As I but said, you are giving We had some lead, lead flashings on the roof. He went up one day and caught the lead flashings and pulling them off. And I said, well, why did you pull them off? That's all. That's he the, didn't that's pull them off, no, like. Yes, he did. Blame everyone else, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah so sure, 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 all, you, all, you, all you can see, all you can do is blame me. Well, you built it. Because you're the builder. Yeah. Your yeah, builder. Yeah. And listen, can I just say, Sarah, thank you for coming on air as well. And you've been very... Patient and understanding, because not only like your previous caller. Hang on a second. I may I may have actually lost you there for a second, but I'll come back to you again. Kevin, Neil, uh, by right, what's happening there is the engineer is the man. If he signed that job off for that woman, is he responsible? He took he took responsibility for that job. How, how do you know that now? Are you in construction? I, I was Neil for about forty years. And when an engineer signs off on a job. That's the He's end of the road for the builder, is it? That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. By right, what you should do is get the engineer on and see what he says. But would an engineer be able to anticipate problems down the road with regards to rain? Probably not. But like he, he'd, he'd have a good idea of what's happening, Neil. You know, he should have known like what was happening on that job if he inspected it. But he was warning. He was warning and giving of giving warning signs. To, 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 anyway, did, anyway, did you hear that, Samantha? That Kevin, who was in construction forty years, says it's your engineer you should go after. No, she's not there. The sorry. engineer had yeah. highlighted. I can hear you. Can you hear me, Neil? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the engineer had highlighted all of these to Vivian with pictures. No, I did. All right. Well, let's say let's say that he did all of that. Why did he sign yeah. off on the job? He highlighted leaks, and why did he sign off the job? That's all I'm trying to say. Why did he sign off? He was highlighting leaks to me. Why did he sign off the job? Okay, so Vivian is obviously hopping on this bandwagon now because it's about the engineer now. So Vivian, yeah. um, I will still stand by. You are the builder. You should have done an. A proper job. I should be living in this. Okay, we did the engineer signed off because the engineer signed bit... off on what he could see. Right? He said it's not the best job, 
but I'll sign it off because you have to sign off a job to release money from the bank, okay? And I would got... Yeah, but he could have said, I can't, well, I can't handle my heart, sign off on this job. It's going to, it's going to, there's going to be potential problems down the track. And he did, he pointed that out to Vivian. He said, no, you need to fix this and that. And then Vivian sealed things up before they were... But, hold on a, hold on a second. Why would he sign, if he, if he had issues, why did he sign off the job? That's up to the engineer. To I, I, I'm, I, I'm out of time, guys. But I had hoped I was okay. optimistic that we could have resolved this or found some kind of um, no. ground somewhere in the middle. But clearly, that's not going to happen. No, it's no. not. But Neil, thank you for airing this. Um, at the end of the day, Vivian, you need to take ownership of your work that you did and stop blaming everybody else. Yeah, you, you need to stop telling, telling the truth about what, what actually happened. Okay, thank you both. We'll leave it at that. Unfortunately, you know, a lot of the time we have success in maybe resolving ones. That's one that's possibly going to roll on and on. Uh, thank you to uh, Vivian. Thank you to Samantha. Thank you to Sarah. And um, I can't remember the name of the builder who was on saying that it actually is an issue for the engineer and not the builder. Your thoughts? Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Yes, indeed. You can also email Neil at uh, redfm.ie. Mick Mulcahy is here tomorrow and Friday and also Tuesday of uh, next week. So you'll be in, in good hands. I'm writing this letter out of concern for the future of Ireland, the future of all the people living in this beautiful country. We are privileged to be living in such a beautiful place with magnificent scenery, nature, landscape, culture of friendliness, music, art and humour. We are now hearing the vaccination passes are proposed for access to pub and restaurants and this will likely be here with us for a long time to come. I would also note that there are currently approximately 50 people in hospital uh, with COVID. Where does all this end So for now, it's pubs and restaurants. Does it then get extended to access all social events, I wonder? Any indoor facility? Any crowded area? Museums, churches, hospitals, employment? What's next? Is a person's personal medical information no longer private and protected by um, GDPR? Uh, What about your children? What about their medical information? What about your grandchildren, your friends, their children? Where will this end? Are we going to be living in a country where your medical status, your personal choices regarding the medications you take are now required just for daily living? What about the next virus or maybe the next serious flu? Will we lock down again and repeat the whole process? Will we require proof of vaccination for access to things again just to live our lives? Is this the future everybody wants for this generation and the next? A future where people can be discriminated against based on medical information. It's extremely sad to see this is happening and everybody is just going along with it. Where will it end? Will it end? Why are people going along with it? In the hope that things can get back to the way they were so that they can go on a holiday? Is there any thought at all being given to what the future holds? What about your children? Do do their lives matter? Does the private medical information matter? Does your medical status determine your opportunities and how you will now live your life? You are sincerely disheartened, concerned individual. And that by email. Again, just like everything else, food for thought and possibly food for uh, discussion in the future. Um, We had uh, five ICU admissions in the past 24 hours, but we had three ICU discharges. And the amount confirmed uh, with ICE in ICU in Irish hospitals stands at 27. It would be a wonderful thing if it didn't climb any higher and it gradually got less and less. Um, But... um, 
we are where we are with regards to vaccinations and COVID certs and QRs and flying on airplanes and going into the indoors of pubs and restaurants and and not just pubs and restaurants, but an awful lot of fast food also uh, was indoors clearly. So you're back in there as well. But, you know, you need your pass. Text 0868104106 on that. Uh, and I'm sure that Mick and the gang will pick it up for the later, later in the week. Um, also, uh, John, who was on yesterday, uh, has phoned um, because they are about to do a sit-in protest at the CUH because they haven't got any update on their mum yet. Uh, I won't have an, an opportunity to talk because he's trying to get information. I think his mum is 81, am I right in that regard? And uh, she's in the hospital and they're worried that somebody might have told that his mum that she had cancer, Margaret. Somebody, She may have been confused, uh, Margaret, his ma'am. She's in there on her own. They can talk to her on the phone, but it's difficult to get any information as to exactly what her condition is. So now they are uh, about to protest at the at the CUH. So if there's an update on that in the next 10 minutes, I'll give it to you. If not, it will be it will be the morning. But they feel so desperate about wanting to know, you know, what ails their mother and can't get the information by ringing and ringing and ringing that they are protesting at the CUH now at this stage. Okay, I um, I recall this conversation some time back when originally I spoke to Desmond. um, And I think at one stage he was thinking about building or putting in a pizza oven in the garden, maybe, if I'm right. Desmond, is that right? Bring it back to me. That's right, yeah. Yeah, You made made a pretty awful attempt. There was a load of blocks just sitting there, wasn't there? There was a load of blocks sitting there, but they're not sitting there anymore. They're kind of, they're up and freestanding, you know? There's no cement, no. Just freestanding at the moment. Did you build yeah. the the oven then? No, no. I mean, you just moved the bricks of, around. I have it's it's already up, right? But it's freestanding blocks just to get the balance, you know, right? Can you can you actually cook a pizza, bake a pizza on it? Not at this present moment. Ah, well, uh, there's no there's no oven yet. Right. But, but didn't we send you to Oak Fire Pizza? Didn't you? weren't you curious about their oh, ovens? Oh, unbelievable, unbelievable oven! Um, just kind of um, a steel frame. Where did you go? What branch did you go to? Oh God, um, Gillaby Street, Road. the College yeah. Road. Yeah, okay. College Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, met the chef and another chap, and brought brought me in and showed me. Uh, the back of the oven, what type of wood? He said you can get the wood there in the garage, you know. And, what it, what uh, kind? Is it, is it like kiln dried wood or so? What kind of wood is it? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of um, you get on a dried, really dry wood, you know. And did um, did he did he show you how to make a pizza or make a pizza well, oven? Yeah, well, he showed me the workings of the um, the pizza oven and the dome inside, you know. And uh, the works and the the seeding and the cementing of the you need special cement for the inside and the special cement for the floor and the the wood ends on a grate like you put in into um, say an open fire right just lift the the wood off the ground to get some air underneath. So you're a pro then with regards to what you're going to do when you have the oven in there. But did they show you how to make an oak fire pizza? No, no. They they buy the pizzas in from Italy. The yeah. the, 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 the oak base. fire. Yeah. Yeah. They, they buy them in and then it comes in sections and they have to make it in inside. 
the shop because this thing is huge. Yeah, they build the no, pizza from scratch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, this thing is huge. You won't even go in. Like, if you had to pass you a door, yeah, it would go in. But if you got a normal front door, not a hope. So what kind of a pizza oven are you going to actually... You got. You need to get this finished. Like, summer's over, nearly. Uh, summer's always next year. <laughs> you know? And is it going to be a pizza oven with wood-fired pizza oven? Oh, it'll be wood-fired, yeah. It'll be an uh, oak-fired pizza, like... like like um, they have down down the town, you know. <laughs> but you're but, struggling. Um, you're struggling to get the parts, is it? Yeah, it's very. I, it's very hard to get the uh, the cement because it's spe- a special cement, heat heat resistant cement, you know. And the, the the chef was telling me you have to go on Amazon, and you can get an Amazon. But I don't want to go all the way to Amazon, you know. It's going to cost me a fortune to get. I think I think you need I think you need to scrap all of the 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 um, building of a pizza oven and just buy an electric one. Just get a plug-in one and just put it up on top of the bricks. And away you go. It won't look great. I know, yeah, I know that. That's not that's not fun. You know, I like a challenge. I love a challenge. <laughs> but it's too much of a challenge to to go onto Amazon and order the cement, man. I know, yeah. But see, I was even thinking if I got on to. Um, you know, those stove companies, they must have, you know, cement for stoves. You could always bring in a professional. <laughs> could I can always, yeah, I can always do that too, but I didn't need to pay him. Okay, well, yeah. you know, you're, you have to pay for the job. Like. I had to pay for everything. <laughs> Just, I think I'll go to, but you're, it's a challenge, Neil. Yeah. It's a challenge, you know what I mean? Like, that. Would you, like, would you rise to the challenge and get on with it? Because, I mean, I'm just... I grow a beard. Oh, yeah. I grow a beard onto my feet before you even lift a trowel. I sure I have I've electric razor. There, I give you a shave, not a bother. <laughs> Forget the bald. Forget about the bald builder or the bald barber, whatever you say. You call him. <laughs> okay, so we're no closer. In spite of me sending you in to look at the oven, teach you how oh, to build I, a pizza. Well, well Pete, the flour, the flour is zero zero flour. I know that, right? <laughs> and um, water, and you, you don't, and small bit of yeast, yeah. and leave it overnight, and you can have about um, <laughs> you, loads of pizzas, or uh, Have you done that yet? Have you made the base, the dough? No. <laughs> but I have it in my head, Neil. I have it in my head. I have loads of things in my head. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll check, I'll check in with you the second... I'll check in with you on the second week of, of August and see if you've anything done at all, all right? All right, sir. Okay, good luck. Second week. Oh, hold on, no. Say the end of, the end of, that, end of August, sir. Yeah. <laughs> the right, whole right. right. Okay, right. you'll have autumn pizzas then, all right? Five autumn pizzas, yeah. All right, okay. Good luck for now. I'll be back to the end of August. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Uh, didn't want to get in, didn't want to get the vaccine. No war. But then I just can't go anywhere, not even inside to eat. So it's a case of having to get it. There's no way out of it, says Marie. It's hilarious and terrifying in equal measures to watch my fellow countrymen and women put their unquestioning faith in the HSC and NEFET when the powers that be in these organisations just last week allowed 200 HPV positive smear tests to expire um, people are so right on the air if you choose to make the personal decision not to get vaccinated then you have to accept the consequences that go with that 
that as such means you won't be able to dine or drink indoors in establishments for the foreseeable future. And one more, Judy says, I agree with the gentleman on air recently saying that if someone chooses not to be vaccinated, they should not feel discriminated. I didn't get vaccinated due to ongoing medical treatments uh, and I'm not okay going into restaurants and pubs for now. I would not feel discriminated though. I chose not to get the vaccine, not to travel and if, and if need be, not eat indoors for another while. There are so many other things to do with my free time. Uh, just let people know that I went for my second vaccine appointment in Parky Cueve and was refused because I forgot my wallet going to work this morning so I didn't have my driver's license ID. You have to have ID. Um, perhaps you could clarify if it's two weeks after the second jab that your COVID cert was scanned. Uh, there's a mixture of information about it. I think it's 14 days. Yeah, I believe it is. Uh, the government want to enforce the vaccine so people can travel and dine. I did not dine since March 20 and I will not do it until everything comes back to normal. Uh, morning, you can stay in a hotel and eat and drink indoors and you don't need any vaccination cert. How come people don't see it? It's not about the virus. It's about vaccinating everyone one way or the other. Um, actually, you know what the vaccine starts? I mean, funnily enough, I had spent nearly, we were nearly uh, two hours on the, on the phone and then later on in the day I was conv- trying to get my own vaccine cert and QR code fixed uh, and contacted them because my Christian name was spelt wrong and my surname was spelt wrong and I spelt it out to them and asked them to repeat it back and they spelt it back to me correctly. The new COVID cert arrived by email this morning and again, it's spelt wrong. You just couldn't make this up. Very sad news this morning. It's just been announced that Sean Lucy from the Dixies has passed away. May he rest in peace. Another good one gone. Uh, Very, very sad to hear the news. And I know that many people would be heartbroken, obviously his family and his friends. uh, But I'm thinking of uh, Joe Mack at this time and indeed Sean Lucy's family. R.I.P. Sean Lucy of the Dixies who passed away this morning. Um, just one or two more here before I leave you back again on, on Wednesday of next week I was in Deep South the evening of the Euro Finals with my boyfriend a big queue outside about 4.45 in the afternoon next thing we thought the queue was moving going in he turned away about 40 fellas and one girl because they had runners on as in air forces and stuff like that not quite sure what that means my boyfriend and I got in no problem uh, he had Air Forces on. I think they're, aren't there Nike? Yeah, they're the Nike Air Force One. Um, why would you turn people away with that? Um, so my, my boyfriend had Air Forces on too and another couple in front of us got in and he had Adidas runners on. When we got in, we saw loads of fellas and girls sitting all over the place wearing runners. I know you have to dress smart going to a pub, but what else do boys in their 20s wear other than runners or trainers? I've never heard this being a problem getting into a pub but apparently it is there. All right, uh, love you and leave you. Lines will stay open at 1-850-104-106. Text 86 Have a good day. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.